Hello and welcome back to Scream Addicts. I'm Jinx, as always, and this is our year-end top ten of 2018 special. As with last year, I'll be joined by Matt Feeney and Scott Foy, and we'll be discussing all of our favorite horror films of the year. In order, our top tens. <laughs> we all have top tens, right, guys? Guys? Um, uh, we, have, like, we have top something. Oh, come I, on! I, I, Is this going to be the same thing as last year, where we just kind of... <laughs> Damn it! I need structure. I told you guys this. You had an entire year to prepare for this podcast. If, 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 in my defense, I kept insisting we only do a top five. <sighs> As I also said, I haven't even seen that many horror movies this past yes. year. You said that last year. You haven't. <laughs> yeah. You've seen everything that I've seen. No, not everything. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but I may have seen it, but that doesn't mean I'd put it on my best list. I, I, I just don't... Okay, uh, how, how many movies would you put on your best of list if it's not a top ten? Uh, I can't... I can't, I can't do this. There's too much pressure. Yeah. Do you guys even have lists? <laughs> to be to be completely fair, I, I have a list. I only have one that actually, like, the number matters. The rest <sighs> could just... Let's talk about the Stone Man. <laughs> I haven't seen the Stone Man, so I don't want to talk about. It. Yeah. Okay, that's well, fair. Yeah. Oh, we have to. Okay. No. You know what? I this, this was teased a year ago, and I I avoided that bullet for 365 days, damn near. And all of a sudden, I started getting pressure online again. People on Twitter. I I forget why I buckled and told Foy I would watch it if only I hadn't lost my copy. Not realizing he would send me another copy. <laughs> and so I was oh, held to watching this movie. Yeah. I threatened to send you ten. I could have done that, you know. I There's one guy. Is it at Acid Hypnosis out there who was just dying to find <laughs> out? Paul Farrell really wanted to hear what I thought of the Stone Man 2, apparently. I, I watched this movie today uh, without the aid of nearly enough alcohol. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Before you continue. This should be its own episode. No, it should not. Yes, yes, it should. No, yeah, there's actually a lot more about that movie to discuss than oh, you even realize. Bullshit. That could be a nice, simple, you know, like like a secondary episode of Scream Addicts that runs like about twenty twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be its own thing. We're here for like the. Is best. that true? Is there real? Yes, there, there's. No. Look, 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 let me let me let me respond to one thing you posted on Twitter today no. about the movie. It wasn't to. shot on VHS. The movie sat on the shelf for several years, and the company that finally distributed it on DVD didn't even bother to finish the post-production. There's actually a spot in the movie where you see time code at the bottom. Yes, you see time code, grainy footage. There's that one scene where they walk out to the car, and it looks like the stun has exploded because they didn't bother to fix the contrast, and everything's white. This fucking movie. This Mm -hmm. movie. I... uh, I, I don't I, it, it Feeney, don't do it. I know we we know Foy's superpower is making the worst of movies sound really enticing and really watchable for some reason. And sometimes he's right. Sometimes he knocks it out of the park. Not with this one. No, no, sir. This is this is punishment. For the record, I never said this movie was good. I said it, it's it's one of those movies like you just have to see it because I didn't, it it exists. I didn't. I didn't need to see it. 
It was, hey, well, wait a second. We are, okay, again, as with last year, it should come as no surprise to listeners or anybody sitting here talking at the moment that we've run completely off the rails. It's Foy's fault. We haven't even gotten to the opening montage don't, sequence, don't, don't, and we're don't, talking don't, about the So, you know what? Enough of this. On to the opening montage. Can you describe his fault? No. Stop from the beginning. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. At the beginning, she gave me things. Perfect balance. Perfect sleep. Oh, she wants to get inside of me. It was a nightmare, Phil. Well, what happened to you then? We got spooked and we had bad dreams. Is Tamara home? Don't ask. Don't ask. Let's have some fun. You stole my face and now I'm going to get it back. Why would anybody create a Nazi pup? And that's the army. He's touching your soldiers. You told me she can't tell us going to be talking about the stone man again i'm not doing an episode on the stone man foy i refuse i and and not for nothing if we did do a full episode on the stone man i'm not saying we are because we're not but if we did i wouldn't want to hear anything about any of that wabi-sabi bullshit on that movie there is no beauty in that bastard's imperfections not even a bit Oh no! It's it's it, it's fucking abysmal. It's just like. Then why like, did you waste my time? Why did you send it to me? Because look, there are the movies that fall into the so bad it's good category, and then there are the movies that are just like, what the fuck is this? Why does it exist? While we're doing this, I can hear Feeny like deep sighing and drinking. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> First of all, well, Feeny has seen things that I've shown him. That that also probably could would would probably break your soul. Oh, but, what's left after the stone man, Foy? Oh, what's uh, left? Don't go there. I I just you know what? When I'm on my deathbed, I hope I have enough strength to pin a list of things that I wasted stretches of my life on. It's mostly just going to be people's names, but there's going to be some would-be art and entertainment in there. And you know, I'm thinking like the sixth season of Dexter, The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Uh, 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 Hootie and the Blowfish's sophomore album. But, you know, at, at, like, number fucking four, when I'm thinking about, oh, I don't know, around 89 minutes of my life I'd like to have back, I'm going to put the fucking Stone Man on there, Foy. I like this. Six season of Dexter, mostly. It, uh, that that's the one season I don't really care for. And I like, I know everybody hates on the last season, and it, it does mostly just, you know, tread water until the final episode, but I'm I'm one of the few that actually dug how it wound up. Oh, I, I 
I like how it wound up. I, I think that the the ride there and the last season was really poor, oh, yeah. but I, I think the finale itself was really, really good, and I will defend that forever, because I think it is it is good. But even that You can tell they season. thought about that way ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Because it, because it's so much better, it's so much better than the rest of that season that it, that, that I think that if the season wasn't such like a kind of downer along the way, I think people would have forgiven it more, but I think that it, because it was sort of the bottom of an unfortunate season of television, I think that it really never had a chance. Yeah, I agree. Although I will say with the final season that even even though it wasn't great, it still had kind of this weird trashy charm to it that I it was it, was, it wasn't in keeping with the rest of the show for the most part, but I still enjoyed it. I think season six is the only season that I felt was kind of dull. And that's not something that even when the show is at its worst, I wouldn't I wouldn't apply to any other episode outside of that season. You know, it Dexter shouldn't be dull, whether it's great or terrible. And I don't know, season six, I, I don't even remember that much about it. Now you're talking about a show that's been off the air for five friggin' years. Yeah, yeah you know what? Better than The Stone, man. All right, let's go. Okay, ching <laughs> dance. To your question, I have a list, okay? I have a list of ten, but I want it with my list. Hello? Hello? Hey, there you are. Yeah, I said I have a list of ten. I actually do. Oh, I thought you were – I'm sorry. I I genuinely thought you dropped out for a second. Okay, so Feeney has a list of ten. I have a list of ten. Foy likes a stone, man. I feel we have enough here for a show. Before we start, can we do what we did last year? I feel it's even more necessary this year than last. It might be me at this point. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, I feel like it's important to just take a second and maybe mention movies that we haven't seen that we feel like probably would have made our lists – and uh, I got a few big ones. I don't know about you guys, but Feeney, do you want to start us out? Is Are there any movies that you wish you had gotten around to that you didn't get to before the year ended? I don't think so. I think I caught mostly everything this year. I'm kind of on an uptick. This is the first year I feel pretty confident. Oh, lucky you. I'm, I'm and I'm exact opposite. Okay, so... But, but Jinx, let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing. Because I think that one of the movies that you're you're missing, if I if I remember your Twitter feed uh, correctly, you didn't see Suspiria. That is the number one regret that I have about 2018, so far as movies go, anyway, that I did not see that damn movie. Yeah, well, let me tell you. I mean, it it, it was not easy to see. I had to, I, I literally had to take a day off and drive an hour. And if I hadn't done that, uh, it would have been gone by week which is the next time I would have been able to see it, and it was already out of the theater by then. So thank God. I would have, I would have been beside myself. Oh, and I, I will say there is one movie. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, House that Jack built. I, I have not yet had a chance to see. That's on my list, too. I would have said Suspiria, uh, which, you know, I, I felt like I was lied to. I had heard, I had, maybe I'd assumed that... Uh, it was going to get like this limited release, and then it was going to platform wider and eventually get close to me. That's why I never felt any great need to uh, sort of uh, go out of my way and drive like an hour and a half or two hours to go seek the damn thing out, because I assumed it was going to get closer to me. And then the next thing that I knew, it was out of theaters. Uh, had I known that it wasn't going to last that long, I, I would have put more effort into it, because I really wanted to see it on the big screen. But it just... Uh... It didn't happen that way. Uh, didn't see The House of Jack, but either. I really want to see that. I didn't see uh, Apostle. No excuse. Really want to see that movie. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. Haven't seen The Clovefitch Killer or Cam or Anna and the Apocalypse. And um, 
All right, I feel like I'm really going to take a beating for this one, but uh, I haven't seen The Predator either. And uh, You didn't I, miss him up. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard uh, I know, I know. I don't agree with that. He really liked it, but I mean, it, it really, it, it, it was not the movie it could have been. It, I, you know, it, I really have no excuse for not having seen it. I was, I was in the middle of a big move at the time when it came out. Uh, I missed loads of other movies in the theater at the time. And, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, it just hit Blu-ray today as we're recording this. And I, I was hoping that I might have been able to pick it up early and, uh, watch it before this chat because I, I've seen people really love that flick and I've seen people mostly just shrug and, uh, I don't know. I got to say, like, when they announced that it was going to be Shane Black and uh, Fred Decker, I, I was like, oh, my God, the fact that they're working together at all, you know, again, uh, forgetting that it's the Predator, that's super exciting. And then, guys, I didn't see a single scene. I didn't see a single trailer, bit of marketing, even right down to the posters that got me excited for that film. I just thought it looked very blah. But then again, I've never been a massive fan of that franchise. I... Uh, the Predator is Jason Voorhees to me. It's a really great villain, an iconic look in search of a movie deserving of uh, of that character. I'm not saying that there are no Friday the 13th movies or Predator movies that I, you know, like. But still, I, I just, I don't know. I I've, I wouldn't count myself a huge fan of either. I'm rambling at this point. But anyway, I didn't see The Predator. So none of those movies are going to appear on my list. I, I got to admit, out of all of them, I think Suspiria is the the one that probably stood the best chance of landing on my list anyway. but The, the Clove Hitch Killer is the one I wanted to see, but I never got around to I, it. I didn't see that either. And All the Creatures Are Stirring. All the cre- oh, yeah, um, I like that. It was really fun. It was a fun uh, Christmas horror anthology. There is one... Uh, all of them are pretty cool, but there is one section in it uh, set on a parking lot that is... The concept is so cool, I wish it were a feature. Future. I am gonna lobby. Future. I'm gonna lobby that we dive into our top ten. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm okay. Keep, I'm keeping this on, on track. Feeny, I gotta say you are dropping out a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Are you on Wi-Fi too? I am on Wi-Fi. I haven't moved from my initial seat. Yeah, you're really Skypey at times. Um, that's okay. <laughs> we are we are going to forge ahead. Um, okay. That's yes. Called- <laughs> Oh, so okay, so we will uh, we will try and pull this train back on the track. Uh, not the train that listeners might hear behind Foy from time to time, but uh, the train that is the show. So apparently, we are going to try and keep it a bit brief this year, folks. Uh, last year, I think we ran nearly three hours. This year, we're going to try and keep it to ninety minutes or two hours. Uh, it's probably not going to happen because Foy is likely going to interrupt from time to time. Oh no, no, no! I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit back quietly. Like a cobra, coiling, waiting for the moment. All right. I just realized. Oh, I said I, I, I said I had about seven movies, and then I realized I wrote down one. So. All right. Well, I tell you what. Start us out. What is at the very bottom of your list? What is the worst of your best? Uh, Venom. You wait. What? Venom. This is. Okay, you know it's a top ten horror list, right? Excuse me. This is about an alien symbiote from outer space that comes down to Earth, body snatches people. It's a superhero movie, boy! Turns them into Cronenbergian things, kills people. Then it actually uh, it wanders the Earth for like six months because... Oh, my God! 
Then, of course, the, the, the main hero, Tom Hardy, he has to break into this lab where they're committing genetic experiments on human beings, most of whom are being <laughs> uh. But no, not a horror movie in any way, shape, or form. Here I sit, hero, needing a drink, having no alcohol anywhere near me. Yeah. Boy, it must be a living fucking nightmare for you. So anyway, <laughs> you think that just his heads off, and when it does bite his heads off, it's considered good because, as you said, it's a superhero movie. Yay, bite his heads. So, so, and then meanwhile, meanwhile, then... Then there another uh, that other symbiote finally comes back from Hong Kong after it went on vacation for six months while it waited for the movie to catch up to itself, and so now we have like this alien that wants to uh, take over a bad guy and then take over his comet to fly back up to his comet to bring back the other symbiote so that they can all bite off the heads of humanity because but but luckily uh, the the hero a life loser has finally decided, you know, you know what? Yay, I'm, I'm possessed by a monster, and we're going to make this work. And and then his girlfriend at one point also gets possessed by the monster after he loses the monster, and then it, and then it, and then it jumps into a dog. And then, oh, sorry, the dog comes first, and then it gets into the girlfriend. And so then they're, like, fighting on the side of a rocket, and things explode. And then they set up the sequel where uh, Tom Hardy goes to visit uh, a, the guy who's going to be carnage. <laughs> Who's a serial killer on death played by Woody Harrelson wearing a sideshow bob wig who looks at him and goes, Oh, there's going to be carnage. And then the movie ends. But, but yeah. That wig yeah, that might have been the worst thing I saw on screen. Thanks. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, like you can spoil that piece of crook dung. Give me a break. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, so it's not even on your list? <laughs> You're the one who didn't want this show to run three hours, and you're doing this. And did you see how fast I got through that shit? Uh, yeah, let's see you talk about Annihilation faster than that, sucker. <laughs> you don't know that that movie's on my list. <clears throat> it's on Feeney's list. And it might be on my list. I don't know. Feeney, what's your number ten? Please get us away from this. <sighs> my number ten is Puppet Master, The Littlest Rat. Which you're shitting me. That's my number a ten. Movie Really? Yep. Ooh. Well, we can talk about it, and Foy doesn't. Foy can talk about how much he hates it. Yeah, um, I, I, I would. I would you know, on a worse list. <laughs> what? I, I I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, it's a little, little disjointed. That's most, my biggest criticism is that it is that it kind of lacks a little cohesion to the to the set pieces, but. Um, oh man, I just laughed. I laughed a lot watching that movie. It, it made me chuckle. And as a as a embattled puppet master fan, um, it was nice to 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 watch one of those again and go, that was good. I mean, that hasn't happened since 1991. So you know, I mean, it, it's, things things come around. You know, um, I, I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did too. I uh, you know I'm right there with you as far as like loving the original movies up to a point. I. Uh, it was fun revisiting them recently. I was on Twitter uh, going through sort of the uh, the entire franchise. I bought that big-ass Toulon box set and uh, started with number one and worked my way through. I think one is really good. I think two is better. I think three is the best. Four and five were fun. And then after that, who oh boy. 
and uh, yeah, nosedive city. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a couple of bright spots here and there within the movies. Like, ooh, ooh, this might be kind of. Oh no, maybe not. Um, yeah, Little Strike was interesting. I, I still think it's. It was. I don't know that those characters need to be superheroes in the way that they were sort of the direction that they were pushed in that original franchise. But I got to say, like, it was nice seeing them as villains again, but it was so weird that they were Nazis. You know, controversy aside, when you watch the movie, I, I can't, I'm not Jewish, so I can't necessarily say, but I do have a couple friends who, uh, who are of the Jewish faith who, who have watched it. Um, and, 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 and also enjoyed it. And so like, I'm not telling people what they can and can't be offended by, but I would be surprised if there was any serious offense there because it's a lot, it feels a lot more harmless in the movie um, than like the conversation leading up to the movie where people were like, I don't know, these are Nazis. And, and it's like, yeah, but I mean, they're, they are, and they are, they are doing hate crimes, but they're all sort of like punished and obliterated for it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So wait, Foy, why did you dislike it? Honestly, I, I, w- I was super hyped for it. I was hearing all these rave reviews, and I sat down and watched it, and I was just like, I, I don't know. I-, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's like I wasn't expecting something that just felt like a trauma movie. It just felt like it was trying to be really edgy, outrageous, over the top. I mean, yeah, the kills are just completely insane, but every- I-, I hated the characters. I didn't think it was funny. It just it just rubbed me the wrong way, and I was just, came away just like really, really disappointed. I remember I told I told Feeney right after to me, I was just like I, I, that one was just that was one where it's like I it's like I don't get it like to me why I liked it more than a trauma movie is that um and and you could argue that this is a detriment but I I like that it spends about twenty minutes at the beginning really setting up its its three main characters in a way that isn't trauma like it's very like down to earth, like the guy come, like, comes back home and, you know, he's broken up with his girlfriend and like, it spends that time. And I actually like that about it because I thought, well, this is, you know, I, I, it's something I can relate to. And it, and it, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, it, it, it builds up to the, to, 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 to the nonsense, uh, in a way that I, I, I liked. Yeah. Same here. I, and I, I, I like the three leads quite a bit and I love cuddly bears. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 puppet master movies the same way as ghoulies it's like i like the puppets but i've never really been that big a fan of the movies so my one my one complaint about the new movie is that if i had one is that i hope in the sequel we we see more of the actual puppets kind of working together like like we don't yeah, like yeah. it's all sort of like vi- vignettes like they like one or two of them will show up and they'll kill someone and then we move on to something else and that camaraderie of the original movies where they would team up and, and, and to, well, to well, pull well, off some some feats. Let me let me say two things positive about it, even though I didn't like it. It's, it's one of those movies like I, I didn't like it. I really did not care for it, but it's not like I I feel compelled to run around and go, what's wrong with you people? Mm-hmm. But two things I did I did like about one, it was a hell of a lot better than Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Oh. <laughs> And and two, I like the fact that they made the puppets purely evil. I've never understood that decision to like that with the puppet master movies. Like we're gonna make them superheroes now. It's like no, for, they're li- oh for eight, you mean for eight for eight movies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a... I wonder if that all stems from three. I mean, it made sense for them to be kind of the de facto heroes in three, just by nature of what that story was. But I, I think everybody loved three so much back then that they just kind of went with that. They were like, oh, yeah. okay, people people like the puppets being heroes. And it's like, no, no, that's not what was great about that movie. I, I love that about it, but I don't need them to continue being heroes. They tried to turn them into, like, the tiny Power Rangers. and like, that doesn't fit. <laughs> no. Which is right. I mean, it fits for the third movie, but it, but that's it. Yeah. And then to to continue to spend the next twenty years chasing, you know, your 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 most like visually accomplished movie um, <laughs> on on less and less and less money is just like well, I don't understand what he, what he was doing. I mean, you look at those Axis movies. Did you ever watch those the Axis trilogy? No. Yeah, the I mean, you look at okay. those and it's like you can't. I I actually would say the third one was my favorite, and that's faint praise. Uh, indeed. But I know, but it had at least, but at least it had like to me at that point, all I was looking for was like puppet carnage, and it had a little bit, which, Fair which is more than the other two had. Very true. <laughs> I agree. So. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, but but I, my question for Band, if I ever were to talk to him, was I would be like, why are you inviting direct comparisons to the movie that most Puppet Master fans consider the best one? Not me. I actually think two is the best one. But most people in most circles seem to think that three is the best. It's certainly one of the most accomplished. It looks great. And yet we have to continue to go back to that well. And I've never understood it. I think the biggest problem with Charles Band is for 20, 30, however long it's been, it's like, he's never understood why that movie, that third movie worked. He, he, he completely right. missed the point. But, right. Yeah. All right. And, Feeney, can you throw us out your number nine? Uh, I'll throw on number nine. I will, I will go to Cam on Netflix. No, um, I haven't seen it. Which, well, I'm not going to ruin it. Actually, see, the, the funny thing about Cam and, and, um, I, I won't say too much. Cam is not a movie that there's a lot of ruin. It's also not a movie that really stays with you after it's finished, um, which may sound like, oh, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for your list. But I'm not. Like, I, it was a great experience to watch it. It's, it's really fun. The, the main actress, I think her name is Madeline Brewer. If I get that wrong, I'm sorry. Not that she's listening. But, um, hey, but she's she might be. great. And, She's not. She might be. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to slam your podcast. No, it's but, okay. um, She's not. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really fun watch. And and I preface it by saying it really kind of dissipates. Like it, it doesn't. You're not going to really like wake up the next morning and and think like, wow, that movie challenged me. That movie haunted me. But while you're watching it, it's it's damn delightful. Um, one of those movies that you kind of just inhale and and then it's over. So I, I just I felt like it was it's a really weird one because even though it's it's not great you know lingering experience in the moment it was great so uh, I put a very I put a very enthusiastic recommendation to anybody who hasn't seen it with that one caveat that maybe it's not going to knock your socks off but I do think it's it's a very 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 entertaining and fast ninety minutes now can we can we take a second here I remember on last year's podcast we were sort of. Uh... We were praising Shudder, as well we should have, but we were also sort of knocking Netflix for their uh, horror output, or at least what they had up. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, it's generally slim pickings there, but 
can we at least say the last year they've taken great strides both with their films and their television in uh, sort of bringing us some damn quality stuff, I think. I, I you know, I, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of their other horror movies this year. So, I'm, I'm, what, what, I'll, I'll tell you what, what else we do. Come back over to me right now. So Go I'll, ahead. I'll, let me let me do my number nine. Well, from Netflix. Did the you Richard. watch Kim? Did you see Kim? Did you? See no, I did not. Okay. Number nine on my list: The Ritual. Yeah. That that was this year. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like it. Long time because it was like very early in the year. But yes, it's it's oh, basically oh, oh. it's basically the descent with men going into a forest and instead of an underground monster. There's a giant Wendigo-like creature from <laughs> it's a giant half deer monster. It's actually very cool looking. Yeah, that movie is excellent. It might uh might be on my top ten later on. Oh well, then I just saved us the trouble. Spoiled. <laughs> also, it's on my top ten for later. Uh, yeah, I absolutely adored that movie. I thought the uh, performances were brilliant. Like I thought, it felt like. I don't know. The final act felt like The Wicker Man to me, where you know the the fate sort of seems sealed, but you just have to watch it play out slowly. I I love that movie. Oh, somebody, it sounds like somebody's leaving. Foy, are you leaving this podcast? I was agreeing. No, I, I'm getting more scotch. Yeah, I'll just say Beanie needs more liquor. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the, the liquor. Yeah, this is actually surprising because I would have assumed she would be the one needing more liquor. Uh, I, oh, I listen, do. Listen to it go in the glass. Oh, that's, Did you hear that? That's that's mean, Feeny. Um, that's that's the Game of Thrones White Walker Johnny Walker frozen. It's delicious. <sighs> this is my problem, really. I, I I don't I don't. I, 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 I Excuse me, boy. Yes, I'm the teetotaler on this call. I don't drink. I watch all these awful. <laughs> you should drink more than anyone, boy. I, you know, I actually don't drink too much when I watch movies, and I really don't drink when I watch movies with Foy because it's it's too late at night and I'll fall asleep. Wait a second, do you? Okay, I've seen this on Twitter before. You guys talking about watching movies together? Do you actually watch movies together? Yeah, yeah, like like the same way we're doing right now. We'll be on the phone together, and uh, we'll both have to be queued up in sync and watching it together. I'll be damned. And sometimes, been, sometimes he holds me in his arms, but that's rare. Well, that's that's really amazing to do that all the way across the country, but fine, ruin it. Just yeah, I know, but nobody's gonna believe that because really, the only time you wanted to be held in my arms is when we watched the, those Arizal movies. It was just hugging, just absolutely. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. And I'm completely cool with that. Okay, uh, and it's, so it's, the ritual, Feeny, did you see it? Give two shits about what? What? That's all you need to know. What? 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 Yes, I did. It was good. It didn't make my list. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, my number nine is Terrified, the flick that you can find on Shudder right now. Have you guys seen this? Shit, I haven't seen What? No, nope. actually. Wait, what? Is it, is it, is it, Wait somebody... So, sorry. That's Terrified, not Terrifier, right? Terrified, duh. Yeah. Yeah, not the killer clown. We know, we know. Come on, come it's not, come not, on. Um, no. so, um, so, although if I can take so, two um, seconds to say one thing, Terrifier is not my bag necessarily, but that lead character, like that clown, is I. 
I want to see him pop up again in another movie. I want to see a you know praise. He's, uh, do what? I, I I praise my man Uncle Creepy's instincts because he was he's really the one that that picked that movie um, to be a to be to be released you know through the through the Dread banner um, when he was part of Dread, which is a whole whole other conversation. But um, I and I praise I, I think that he really has a good sense for that stuff because. That's the movie. I mean, that movie has like a kind of a small cult following now. Like you see that fucking clown. There's like fucking graffiti of that clown. There's there's like uh, Etsy stores that make like like little <laughs> clown pins, and you know, there's all kind. There's kind of like uh, at a horror convention I did a couple months back. Um, there was there was people wearing like more than one person wearing Terrifier shirts, and so like. I, you know, I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I own it because I, I wanted to support Steve, but I, I haven't watched it yet. But um, but I, I'm happy for him because that movie, whether it's whether you like it or not, it has it has a it has amassed a following, and that's kind of undeniable. Like you can see the evidence yourself wherever you you know. And, and that's impressive. And, I got, you know, I should clarify, too, when I said it's not really my bag, I didn't love the movie, but it's mm-hmm. not I, – I wouldn't say it's a bad movie by any stretch. Sure. And there are actually some – there are some really fun moments in it, like some twists and turns that it takes that I, I didn't see coming. I would uh, I would probably cut the prologue and epilogue off entirely from that movie, and you'll know what I mean when you watch the movie. Uh, but as far as, like, the main is body – Is it kind of just padding? It's, yeah, and, it, well, I, I wouldn't say it's padding. I, I think it's meant to set up, like, a, a further twist, which in theory is kind of like, I'm sure it was kind of cool on paper, but the how it's executed is not that great. And it's weird because, like, the rest of the movie is actually pretty well made, but the opening and closing are not. Mm-hmm. They feel like it was made by somebody, like, an entirely different filmmaker. Um, but, I mean, to to sing, you know, the the, the movie's praises a bit, that clown is fucking cool. Uh, it has one of the nastiest kills I've seen in it outside of uh, the Witless Reich this year. Uh, it's it's cringeworthy what happens, and um, there, there's a fun moment with a gun that I gotta say I have never seen in a slasher movie before that genuinely surprised me, and that was actually kind of nice to see. So it didn't make my list. It wouldn't be in my runners up, but I still yeah I'll I'll tip my hat to it especially. And like I said I. I'm ready to see that clown character pop up in another movie. And that's so like, terrified. Uh, not even terrified. The reason I didn't see... <laughs> I, I haven't seen Terrified, but the reason I didn't, and um, I intend to, but a friend of mine uh, said it was basically like an insidious, Spanish insidious, or uh, if it wasn't Spanish, he got the country right. I might not be getting it right. but And I, it just kind of was like, yeah, I'm not... So I, I, I just haven't gotten to it yet. And I don't even know if that's fair or accurate or not. It, uh, I don't... I don't know. I don't know that I would compare it to Insidious. I, it felt more... Um, kind of like in... In a good way, it felt more J-horror at times to me. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of like a, a weird... It feels almost like an anthology at times. There are these set pieces with short stories built around them. But there's a through line that connects all of them and makes it sort of a – there is a linear narrative there. But really it's kind of like here's a set piece, here's a set piece, here's a set piece, here's a haunting, here's a haunting, here's a haunting. Um, and it's all – I mean they're so damn good. Like they're so very well executed. And the uh, 
the sort of mythology that's built, or, or rather I should say hinted at in that first movie, makes me really want to see a follow-up or two. And I gotta say, you know, watching it watching it late at night with the sound up, all of the lights out, I it creeped me out more than a little. I I, I hadn't felt that way in a while when I watched that movie. So uh yeah, I would definitely I would definitely say check it out. Okay. Into it. All right, so that is our uh wait, Foy, your number nine was the ritual. Okay, so we're we're squared away on nines. Uh number eight. Who wants to go? You know what? I'll go this time. Overlord. Did you guys see this? I forgot. That's another one I haven't seen. <laughs> that was one that I saw, and I thought it was thoroughly okay. I, <laughs> holy shit, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It, uh, it, uh, just the mix of war movie with crazy horror story. Um, I, I did feel like it was more war movie than than a horror film. Uh, like, I'm because honestly the first three quarters felt like Saving Private Ryan in a way, only much more contained. And then, uh, but I gotta say, once the horror sort of seeps in, I mean, it's just so much damn fun. I I love the characters. I love the actors. I love the set pieces in it. I thought that the final 20 minutes were just a fucking stuff of white knuckles there. So, I don't know. I And plus, you know, I, I gotta say, like, at this point, it feels like Wyatt Russell should be more of a star than he is, and I'm wondering if that's going to happen, or if he is going to be forever, uh, you know, popping up and appreciated in smaller things like this, but never, you know, quite moving on from that. I just, look, I want to see him play Snake Plissken at a certain point. Damn it, if they remake Escape, can we just have him play his dad's character? Judging by the way I filmed Twitter loved him in Overlord, I mean, I think that that, that would get their seal of approval. But talk about staying in your dad's shadow, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there is that. So, wait, Foy, why why were you kind of left cold by it? I just thought, it's one of those movies I just, I thought it was fine. I, it was, I don't really get what everyone's over the moon about. To me, like you said, it's mostly a war movie. It's a World War II movie, and we've seen countless times before. And then you have the zombie stuff in there, and it's fine, but it's also, it doesn't really do anything new or, or you know, interesting. I think it's 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 just two it's just two movies we've seen many times before put together. And I, I believe I said the movie should have been called Inglorious Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and how does that not sound amazing? Because it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, this is one of the other things that I've noticed. Stephen and I talked about this with film Twitter. You're not allowed to say that a movie is just okay anymore. It's it, somehow it has to be either the greatest or the worst thing. No, it, it, no, no. I, I, I think there are plenty of movies out there that just this past year that were just okay. Um, Winchester yeah, oh. was just okay. Hellfest was just okay. The Possession of Hannah Grace was just okay. Wait, wait, wait. You, you think Hellfest was just okay? Because I've seen people on Twitter just trying to that shit like it's like, oh, my God. And it's like that's just because you, they hadn't seen a slasher on the big screen recently. Yeah, that's exactly it, what I said. It that, kind that, of pains me that I missed that too. It shouldn't. <laughs> I have um, not yet seen that. It shouldn't well, because I, I, it's just okay. Yeah, but you, you you're talking. To, I'm mine. I have spent my entire life for every slasher movie movie that 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 exists, and so I I need to I need. So it does kind of pain me that I'm. I missed, a, I missed a big screen slasher, but 
We'll talk about another big screen slasher in a couple minutes. Am I right? So um, anyway, we can uh, we can move on, right? All right. We can do my number eight. Okay. Uh, I like Truth or Dare. I like Truth or Dare more than I expected. Not going to be on my list, but I but I I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, My number eight is going to be the probably uh, accurate coming off of Foy's tirade of things being just okay but i i really like the predator and so i'm putting it on my list and the reason i'm putting it on my list is because um unlike foy's criticism of overlord i would argue that the predator actually does steer the franchise into strange and new and unexpected directions not all of them successful not all of them wanted perhaps uh but it does anyway and it's it's very weird. It's a very weird movie. Are you guys still there? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, I would okay. say if if the rest of the Predator had been as good as the first third, it would probably be very high on my list because I love the the, setup. the 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 problem the problem with it is that you can see the studio tinkering, whatever the studio tinkering is. I mean, there's kind of an infamous in Jinx. I know you haven't seen it. Uh, this won't ruin anything for you because it's not in the movie but there's an infamous behind the scenes picture of a predator sitting in the cockpit of a of a of a humvee sitting behind the 50 caliber machine gun <laughs> next to i think implying that there was some kind of team up um between between the heroes and and predator at some point and that's the movie i want to see i want to see i want to see that um, that does not happen in the movie, and you can really tell the third act was reshot. I don't think it's bad. I think it feels a little quick. Um, but I think the, where the movie really shines is that it's unmistakably a Shane Black movie, and all of the characters, with the exception of Olivia Munn, all of the actors really equip themselves really nicely with the Shane Black kind of dialogue, like all of them. Like the the main star Boyd Hallbrook, which I don't think I've ever seen him in anything before. He 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 was kind of he kind of got Logan? some flack for being like, oh, oh, he was the villain in Logan, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, well, never mind. He was great in that too. No, he's he's uh, and he he's was really good be, in this. Uh, and, and he uh, Reese in that one Terminator movie before they cast uh, the guy oh, that they did, Jay Courtney or Jai Courtney or Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Oh, the first Kyle Reese in Terminator history to be more jacked up than the Terminator. <laughs> God, let's, that, let's not uh, talk about remember, that fucking Terminator uh, movie. I'm sorry I brought it up. I just yeah, remember but, that no, I, he's running down the street, and it's like, he looks like an 84 Schwarzenegger. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, you look at Boyd Holbrook, yeah, and then I, you look at Jay Courtney. Yeah. Which one looks like 1984 yeah. Michael Bean to you? Well, Boyd, Boyd Holbrook. I think is another one that I think is is actually now that I put two and two together that he was in Logan like he's a guy that I actually I think he is very good and he's but yeah but everybody everybody in this movie gets some of that Shane Blackness like like uh, and and it's really good like Sterling K Brown is great you know and and uh, you know Yvonne Strahovski in a small role but but she's still like Shane Black is now really good I know why it's on your list no. Oh, that's not true. Did I put I Frankenstein on my list? Give me a break. You so, thought about uh, it. Um, 
it was number 11. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the predator is a mess, but it works, it works in spite of itself. I, I think it does, it does border a little bit on the unsung in the last, for me, the last five minutes, but laugh my ass off through the movie. And, and, and to me, it was a crowd pleaser. Like I just, I had a ball with it. I mean, it's, it literally, this isn't hyperbole. Like it actually feels like some weird version of like grown up monster squad fights the predator. Like okay. that's to me what it feels. <laughs> but is it actually going to, <laughs> and, you say it and, pushes the franchise in new directions. Every predator movie seems to do that. And then it never matters because every subsequent movie is a reboot to a certain extent. Well, you know, I judging, judging how this movie failed. I don't think there, there probably won't be any more movies for a while, but, um, I, I don't agree with that really though. I mean, predator two was basically predator with in the city. Predators was basically predator on an alien planet. I mean, there, there it's, it's what I liked about this one is, is so, and I, I really, Unlike you, I guess, from what you said earlier, I think the original Predator is a masterpiece. Like, yeah. I, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, I adore it. Yep. And I, I like Predator. I wish I did. Um, I don't. I, I think Predator 2 is, is, is a very entertaining sequel. I think the flaw of Predator 2 um, that becomes more apparent to me every time I watch it, we, we start knowing exactly what's going on and we have to wait for Danny Glover to figure it out which is about an hour into the movie so I it's never that fun being all the way behind your main characters but you're watching an entire detective unit trying to figure out what the predator is and unless you haven't seen predator we already know so that, that's to me that's kind of a serious flaw although I think that Stephen Hopkins still directs the hell out of the movie it looks great there's some fantastic action in it the cast is amazing so I, I still really like it um but I the guess, third I guess, one you know, again. after the after the second one, then we get the AVP movies, and each one of them felt like that they were going to uh, well, I don't even... go in a different direction if there <laughs> needed to be a follow up. And the same thing with Predators. I mean, Predators ends on a note where you're like, oh, okay, I can't wait to see the next movie to see how these characters get out of this predicament, and well, you know, what goes on oh, beyond this planet, and you know, nothing happens. And then this one, from what I'm hearing, I I haven't really gotten spoiled on it, but it feels like that there it's sort of much like those other movies, it kind of demands a follow-up in a way, and we're probably never going to get it. It, it, it may, it, I don't know. I mean, the thing, the thing about it that's, that's good, though, is that it doesn't, it doesn't wait for the characters to catch up to it. Like, everybody kind of knows, like, when it starts off, like, all of your characters kind of know what the Predator is, and everybody kind of knows about it. And I, and I, in counting, like, the, the main series, I, I, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the AVP movies. I've seen them both once and that's really all I care to, but like, it, it was refreshing to see, you know, like you start off, you, you know, Olivia Munn's first siege, she knows what the predator is. Sterling K Brown knows what the predator is. And it's like, good. Like we're past that. We don't have to wait for these characters to figure it out. So here's a new story. And I like that about it a lot. Um, because that, that to me was like, like okay, good. You're, you're, you've moved past that sort of like, template um so for me i really enjoyed it i don't know where it sits in the in the scheme of the series i i really only love the first one, but i but quite a bit um and i again as probably as much as i enjoyed predator 2 so okay take that for what it's worth all right boy how about you uh which number are we on number eight um 
uh, the, uh, the Hurricane Heist. Um, I don't know. Yes! <laughs> it's got a skull in it. I haven't, I haven't seen Hurricane Heist, but I know I'm going to love it. Uh, how about, you know what, um, Strangers Pray at Night. Okay. That's, that's going to be on my list, but it, uh, <laughs> I, I actually saw that as the second half of a double feature with the Hurricane Heist. <laughs> I saw it as the second half of a double feature with Annihilation. That was a weird night. Um, I, I, I really dug Pray at Night. It would be on my runners-up list, but I thought it was a pretty damn strong slasher. It would probably be on my runner's up list, but I haven't seen as many movies this year as I've already stated. So, yeah, that, that was. <laughs> I, I think the biggest, the biggest, it's got two things. One, it it really is time to just like, for all horror movies, to stop the '80s uh, music. It's like this was the apex. You, yeah. you can't keep putting I, it in there. I don't agree. I don't agree with you. I think that the. I think it's the only movie that weaponizes '80s nostalgia. I think that the music in that movie is it's supposed to be creepy. It's young people are supposed to watch that movie and think this shit sounds weird. It's supposed to sound like the old 30s creaky record that you used to hear when you were watching 80 and the kids would go into the house and find an old record. I think it's used to that effect. But I, I actually but you weren't knocking number 3 on my list. That right for you? <laughs> I mean I, I no, I, I think it's effectively used in this movie, but it also feels like that's pretty much you. You can't really take it much further than that. I agree. I'm ready for a resurgence no, in '90s uh, pop culture. Like, give me, oh. you know, are we ready for that yet? Can we, can we get like '90s music and style and fashion back? Damn it, please. It, no. You know what I love most when I see people on Twitter who were like, like, you know, I really love '90s horror movies, and I'm just like. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Uh, Scream. Scream 2. Uh, uh, the Faculty. Come on. Uh, I know what you did remember. last summer. That, that, from that Dusk Till Dawn. Okay, From Dusk Till Dawn. I'll give you that. I know what you did last summer was just an 80s slasher movie made in the 90s. Exactly. As Scream had never... Urban, yeah. Urban Legend rule. Ugh. Urban what? Legend sucks. No, what are you guys? Yeah. No, it yeah. does Fuck suck. It. It's, you know what? This is gonna make me I saw that movie opening night, and I booed and hissed along with everybody else. I saw else. it on opening night too, and I thought thought it was wait, great. And I still wait, think it's great. Jinx, were were you in the theater? Because I remember also seeing it on opening night, and everybody on the way out was just grumbling about how bad it was. It I I watched it with a packed house. Oh. And you it, mean like every horror movie ever because they <laughs> all get bad cinema scores? I, well, yes, and this is why. Yeah, I, I've never understood the love of the I, I, I honestly, I, my recollection of Urban Legend from the one time I saw it in theaters and the one time I revisited it about, I want to say five or six years ago, is that it is a very well shot, very well mounted piece of shit. Um, I hate that script i do not like the cast i it but it looks pretty i'm too drunk to argue <laughs> all right so we have squared away our number eights right everybody everybody good on eight yeah okay feeny yeah, your yeah. number seven my number seven mom and dad great fucking 
movie. Oh, and I'm the, glad you put one, it on the first Nicolas Cage resurgence pictures this year. Nick Cage is amazing in this movie. The movie uses his his strengths perfectly, uh, almost as good as Panos Cosmatos. Uh, and, and what I really loved about this movie is that it is, it is as a, as a kind of new parent, um, it really does tap a vein, which is the existential crisis that comes with becoming a supporting player in your own life, where you, you are just not the focal point of your life anymore. And what that does to you and, and sort of the, the kind of deep, seated resentment that that can be there even if you love your kids and and you would do anything for your kids there can still be that that sort of like ah you know and this movie explores that stuff beautifully in a uh a, 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 in a way and i just thought it had a fantastic energy not a second wasted in, in its 80 minutes or whatever it just doesn't waste any time it hits the ground running um i, I adored it i thought it was i thought it was absolutely great the thing with mom and dad is I love all of the drama. I love all of the stuff with uh, Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair sort of wrestling with being parents and what that means. And, you know, I, Cage has that great monologue when he's in the basement. What is it? He's, like, destroying a pool table or something pool. like that. And he's talking about how he, he had a kill yeah. ratio of, like, 9 out of 10 or something like that when he was a young guy. And you get those flashbacks yep. with him in the car. All of that stuff is fucking superb. And then the horror aspect of it feels kind of grafted on to me and it never it's always fun to watch them go kind of nuts and it's fun to watch them chase the kids around the house and whatnot but it never feels the movie never takes flight with that stuff to me and by the time we get to the end credits i was just kind of like man you got so close it felt like it was right there like it was about to take flight and it never quite did for me I love the ending ending. Like it kind of just ends like mid thought and kind of just that's it plays you out. If I were to, if I were to criticize, which to me it wasn't a, a big deal, but I thought you kind of had the superfluous boyfriend who, who maybe could have been brutally murdered, maybe uh, at the top of uh, act two or the start of act three to really sort of drive things into into that area um but other than that i mean i i i really dug it i mean i thought that the the, the mother giving birth of it just attacking the baby right away i thought oh, was God. like a real one really really a wonderfully twisted one of the more twisted moments of the year for me um yeah i i just i really loved it i was really happy with it and so we i, I thought can, it was... uh, we can move on oh you you oh my god you're here yeah, I'm sorry. I was having a, a slight issue with the headset for a moment. I was trying to, like, be quiet and not – I had to turn it on and off. So, hold on. Anyway, uh, I will just say real quick, okay. I, I, I would put mom and dad in the same category as Overlord. I thought it was fine. It, it, it wouldn't be on my best list, but, you know, it was fine. All right. That, so, if that, you had a number that, seven – Me? Yes. Uh, number seven is Vampire Clay. What the fuck is that? The hell? It, it's a deranged uh, j- movie from Japan. You can find <laughs> it. It's it, it, and you know what? It's not a crazy movie I imported. It was actually it played at uh, at film festivals. It's on streaming right now. It's I don't. It, it's like uh, I don't know. David Cronenberg decided to make a movie about Killer Clay. 
I won't even try to explain it other than to you say... You name-dropped Cronenberg when you were talking about Venom, too. I can't trust you on this, boy. Oh, oh, Venom 2 is exactly the movie that David Cronenberg would have made if he was hired to make a superhero movie and then spent 11 hours huffing a Sharpie. That's exactly... <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just like a movie we're going to talk about later on, I know it's going to coming up, Mandy. As I said on Twitter, Mandy is the movie that David Lynch is, is Mandy is the remake of the Hills of Eyes that David Lynch would have made if he'd spent 11 hours talking a red Sharpie. Well, let's wait till Mandy comes up. Yeah, but, but anyway, but I'm yeah, curious uh, to see where it's going to land on your list, Feeney. Like how far up are we going to, are we going to, uh, are we going to land close again? I wonder we'll see, but anyway, then you can be in his, then you can be in his arms this time, but uh vampire clay, it's, 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 one of those movies where it's like it's teetering between imagery that's creepy and just it's on both sides. It's like it's this arts this little small village art school class, and someone digs up this clay, and I'm not going to why it is what it is because that's kind of like a major spoiler. But it like it takes possession of people, it body snatches them. There's a scene where a woman's like like she's alone molding like a head sculpture and it just starts attacking her and trying to eat her arm. It's it's like this big clay Pac-Man looking thing attacking her. As with always, it, boy, you you're you you're talking a movie up in such a way that I feel like I'm gonna have to see it. You know what? I'll tell you this. You may not put it on your best list, but you're not going to dislike it. I mean, there's like there's weird clay worm monsters. It you know they, they <laughs> Yeah, they they hit people, and and it like you know. Is it they're better fine. than the fucking stone man? God, I swear you're gonna whine about that till the end of time. The end we're of so, time. For yes, we're still doing that. I'm gonna show up on your deathbed with a with a, like a voice recorder, <laughs> bitch, until we record this show. <laughs> I I just launched a Kickstarter to finish the stone man officially so i, I was like you know go to kickstarter.com finish the stone man and if you guys could help support the campaign uh, we got all sorts of sweet rewards and everything so go check it out you know it's it's, you know, it's, it's a good it's a good cause you, you know what's funny about that i actually reached out to dennis haskins and christopher atkins on twitter to ask them about the stone man and got no replies you're lucky they didn't block you yeah, they, they may have i don't know all right, so we had Mom and Dad, we had Vampire Clay. My number seven is A Quiet Place. I forgot about A Quiet Place. Shit. That's a great, I think that's a great movie. I, I can tell you, A Quiet Place is number two on my list. Really? I think it, yes, I think it might be the best monster movie of the year. I I would have put that very, very high. I fucking completely forgot about it. it you I still think it's can? You can, well, you can still wedge it in there. Make it, a, make it a half. Where would it land on your list if you had to wedge it in between two other numbers? What's done is done. And I'm going to say um, <laughs> about A Quiet Place, the only flaw for me is the, the last five seconds. I just think it ends on the wrong note. And Thank that's you. Literally, that's literally the only – I, I, that's to me a four-and-a-half-star movie if it had ended on a different note. I would have given that a solid five. It just – it it doesn't need the action movie beat that it ends on because it's not that movie. I agree. 
But and plus, you know, it felt wrong too. Where te- spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen a Quiet Place yet. And uh, to be honest, if you're listening to this show, you probably have already seen it, so you're probably fine. But just in case, just because I don't want to piss anybody off, spoilers for the ending. But this is ten minutes after one of our leads has made this great sacrifice, and everybody should be still feeling that loss. And the final five seconds is, you know, you're right. It's an action movie beat. It's somebody smiling and, oh, we're going to kick some ass now. And then the shotgun racks and then we cut the black. And but I will say this, like, even though I felt like that was the wrong note to end on, I can't argue that it I mean, it was a home run, it seemed like, for the audience that I was watching it with, because everybody was like bouncing out of the theater, like just giddy with what they had just seen so i did you know i felt like it was the wrong beat and but, i think that but by god did it satisfy people well I th- and i think you're right i think that to the sort of populist audience the the, the normies if you want to call them that like i think oh they god. need that <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Drunken elitist master. <laughs> no but like i don't mean that i just mean like you know how horror movies always get the dreaded cinema score right yeah you look at look at like a movie that isn't on my list actually is hereditary but you look <gasps> at that movie's you look at that movie's cinema score right and it's wasn't that an f or was that a d or whatever it was I think it was a d. yeah i mean in and 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 i think i hadn't thought about that jinx but that's a good point because i think like that your mass audience who wasn't satisfied with the ending of hereditary for obvious reasons Reasons, I think probably responded to the sort of core promise that that the movie ends on. And I agree, I don't. It's not the right choice for me. The mo- the mother and her children are not going to be the ones that take the fight to the aliens. But you're right. I mean, I think, and maybe that's not what it means. Maybe it's just supposed to be like signal her toughness or her, her evolution or whatever. Um, so you're right. I mean, but but I but but all good points. I mean, the last time I think I felt like that at the ending of a movie was, and this is weird to mention on a horror show, it's certainly an older film at this point, so I, I, it's strange that this one would leap to mind. But I felt the exact same way at the end of, uh, oh, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. When friggin' Joseph Gordon-Levitt says his name, middle name is Robin, I remember rolling my eyes so hard it actually hurt. But everybody in the audience, like, you could feel a charge run through everybody in that auditorium and everybody believe, just loved that I, moment. And it's like, you know what? I, again, didn't that, work that, for me, but I mean, you know, if you're that, satisfying that, that, that many people at once, then, you know, that was like the red letter media moment of like, I recognize that. <laughs> I, I, I know what that is. That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> I, I, mean, really, I know it, what that is. And I clapped. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, it would have been even better if he had just said Nightwing. <laughs> Nightwing. But it's like, oh, yes, my, my middle name just happens to be Robin. That's a nice middle name, Nightwing. <laughs> That's great, but you were never Robin, and now you're graduating to Batman. It's like, uh, we skipped a step. Eh, they never made it, yeah. so it doesn't But that, that, a, quiet, a Quiet Place is a great, a great choice. I completely, that completely slipped my mind, and that is a, I love and and props to Krasinski directed the hell out of that movie. Damn, for his first movie, I mean, the guy. I'm curious to see if he stays in horror or even does thrillers at this point, or if he's just going to kind of 
because he was he was it was kind of a weird choice given his background that he would do that movie and yet my god you know some of those sequences were absolutely masterful so i'm curious to see if he winds up staying in that realm or if he just you know he's kind of a one and doneer well you know the thing I, the thing that bothers yeah. me is about making a sequel and it's like you know what that movie doesn't need a sequel no no also i i if this I felt the same a... way about happy death day too though and then after watching that damn trailer i'm like okay fuck it i'm there I'll, I'll be there too, but I'm a little less, I don't know. It, it looks like it could go either way, even though I, I think it looks fun. But. I, every time, as I told, I've, I said this to Phoenix, like when I watch that trailer and I see that scene taking place in the science lab, yeah. I start dreading yeah, to that, God, are they going to actually try to give like a scientific explanation for why the, uh, the time loop's happening? Oh, they, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the, that's the, <laughs> It feels like, yeah. yeah, that's totally what's going to happen, but it could still be fun, you know. By the, I, by uh, the way, science. Have we figured out yet who exactly is the father of that girl in in the quiet place? Because that's not Emily Blunt and uh, Kaczynski's kid. That that girl is clearly Native American, possibly Hispanic. <laughs> well, <laughs> they could have been. They could. They could have just saved her. You know, maybe or maybe maybe Emily Blunt had a. Uh, I know they had wanted a, to act. They wanted a, to cast. They wanted to cast an actress who was actually uh, deaf for the role. But I was looking at that. It, it, I was actually confused at the beginning. It's like she doesn't even look like she's the same ethnicity as them. <laughs> Emily Blunt yeah. had an affair. They don't like to talk about it. All right, it's just let it go for. It. I, I can't believe Mary Poppins would do that to Jack Reacher. I'm sorry, not Jack Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Reacher. <laughs> Reacher right. Ryan. Anyway. Okay, so our sevens are squared away. Um, number six, annihilation for me. Also, my number. That's also. You're not gonna believe. This. You're not gonna believe this. It's also my number six. So... <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> I'm serious. Annihilation is six six six. All right. Um, I really dug this movie. I have one major fucking problem with it, and I have yet to find a single person who can. Uh, who can make me feel better about it? Uh, but let's talk about what's great about it. My God, those performances, uh, the visuals, the, the the just that tone, the soundtrack, everything about it, I think, is pretty much brilliant. The bear scene. Got the bear on. scene. That is the most unnerving thing, and that scream is the most unnerving thing of anything I've seen in a movie this year. Yeah, you're probably you don't like. No, I uh-huh. I love the bear scene. I love the. Uh, the lighthouse sequence, the scene on the beach. Uh, the, I, I love pretty much every single moment of that movie, but there is one giant flaw to me. And every time I bring it up on Twitter, I just want somebody to step in and be like, "No, you're you're not understanding. You know, this happens because of this." Or, "No, you got to look at it this way." Or, "This." I have yet to find a person that can even counter my major issue with this movie. Maybe you guys can, and I will not accept. Hey, it's just because it's a movie, or come on, just let it go. Okay, you, re- I don't, you ready for this? I've only seen it once, but okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. The movie is bookended by characters interrogating Natalie Portman. She mm-hmm. is contained behind like plastic. They're wearing hazmat suits, right? Then we cut to, you know, the the main story. She's drafted to go in, and we're told about all of these expeditions that go in, and they never come back. 
they know that terrible things happen there from what they've been able to glean. They know that there's a biological issue there or there's an, a viral issue. Uh, maybe it's radiation. The one person who came back had this major event where his organs started breaking down and he started spitting up blood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they get this team together. And they all just stroll into this place without so much as a paper mask. No well, gear, I... no hazmat suits, nothing to protect them whatsoever. No. The obvious answer to that is that it's, it's just a movie. You're overthinking it. That's but, not good enough. But the real answer is, I think... I think they pretty much knew anybody going into this is a suicide mission. They're pretty much saying, coming back. Just, okay, just then, this, then why bother giving them guns? Because they just want to make them think they got a chance. That's bullshit. I don't, I have no explanation. That's just one of those things that someone... The, see, the only real explanation the, the, is you cannot cover your star's faces for the bulk of the movie with glass what, masks and major bulky suits. Nah, but nah, that's nah, not nah, a good nah, enough... They, 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 I don't have an answer, but I will say that the novel, which I do like better, and the novel is very different, um, but the novel makes it seem like they like they go through. If I'm remembering right, it's been it's been a it's been a little while since I've read the novel, but there's there's a clear ex- explanation. There's some real effort to get to what the fuck is it called the the, the further or I, I forget what it's. What, what the area the shimmer, is called I in the, in the, like the shimmer, the shimmer, shimmer, yeah. Um, but there's like there's a real effort to get there. And the the book, if my memory holds, is is that it's not real clear. Like I think the woman, the the book is all first, and it's and it's the biologist who is, you know, in the movie that's the Natalie Portman character. Who she's only called the biologist, but she's describing like like this this process of them like either sending her through like this portal or there's like a ship that takes them there or something i forget um but there's there's more of like a hey this is this is, is a great effort to get there and in the book anyway you get the sense that there is like some sort of like process for doing it and that by the time they get over there that like they're either clean or 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 that there isn't any issue to, I don't. I don't remember exactly because the husband. The husband does. If I remember right, the husband does come back in the movie, too. Prior to the biologist getting there, so I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. But I do remember thinking in the movie that they don't really. I think in the movie, don't they just kind of like walk through a? They just a wall, walk right into a wall it. of jello. Yeah. Yeah. And what sucks um, is is that they and, had and the I perfect think... explanation for it. If they didn't want their characters to trudge around in hazmat suits for the entire movie or have to explain that away at a certain point. They have the plot point right there to justify that straight away. I mean, as soon as they walk into the shimmer, it cuts to one of those flashbacks and then it cuts back to them waking up and you realize they've been there for days and they have no memory of what's happened for the last few days or whatever. It's like, you know, if you had had that, that would be one extra creepy beat if they had worn suits and they had walked through the shimmer. And then they wake up, and on top of missing time, they're no longer wearing their protective gear. It would be, you know... I think there might be something like that in the book, because, like, they talk about how there's, like, a big... There's, like, a... um 
they have like a camp right by the entrance and they they have like um they set up all their stuff there or something so there's one point when some of the characters like we're gonna go back to the the base camp or whatever it's just been so damn long that i i I can't remember exactly but yeah i mean i don't know it doesn't doesn't really bother me but it's just one of those things that annoys me because otherwise it's a perfect movie like i i adore that film i it's a great it's a great movie yeah it's really really good and i actually it's one that i i should throw in again some night soon because i've only seen it the once and i really did enjoy it and to foy's point that bear isolated from everything else perhaps the bear is the most terrifying thing in a movie this year it is just really it's it's it's, i I was trying to imagine what what would a remake of the 1970s nature gone amok movie the prophecy have been like (laughs) if it had (laughs) would (laughs) i think they might do a bit better Uh, than pizza bear with a, uh, a modern version of that flick. <laughs> so, yeah, no. It, it, yeah, um, it, the prophecy looks like the Toxic Avenger version of one of the country bands, Jamboree. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and Annihilation's really good. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any strong feelings on what the final few seconds of the movie means? No, because I've only seen it the once. In the, in the book, she... Um, she very clearly is glowing and evolving. And um, I have not read the sequels to the book yet, but I understand that character does return. So at some point. It would be nice if we could get a few follow-ups in film form, but I doubt that's going to happen. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. This movie, didn't it like, just like go, go to like straight to Netflix and like Europe and other parts of the world. Every other country, every, every other country. Yeah. Which is a shame, yeah. because not for nothing, I, I feel like that movie would almost play better in other territories more than it would have here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very European. It, it doesn't have, like, the tip... It doesn't follow a typical, like, audience-pleasing structure. All right, so all of our sixes were uh, were Annihilation. Number five, I'm going to go ahead and throw out mine, because we've already talked about it. The Ritual... Oh, Wait, 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 real quick, before we start on the fives, I would just, I just want to take a moment to throw a shout-out to the, the final 40 minutes of The First Purge for being amongst the best unintentional comedy of the year. <laughs> I still haven't seen it, and I'm a fan of that franchise. I own the damn thing on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched it yet. By coming home after seeing the movie and seeing all these people on Twitter talking about what an important socially conscious film is. <laughs> and I like, wait, yes, the socially conscious film where Ku Klux Klan fucking behind bushes with their pointy hat still you, You're fading out. You're fading out really bad. Nobody can uh, hear you. You gotta, you gotta, gotta regroup and start over. Uh, how, okay, what, what, can you hear me now? Yes. All right, I, yeah. I, I, I yep. think that it's my signal, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the final forty minutes, yeah, Ku, yeah, the socially conscious movie where Ku Klux Klansmen with pointy and full robes with machine guns, like something out of a mill, <laughs> are ducking behind bushes with their pointy hat still sticking out in gunfights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, screw it. I'm watching this movie tonight. Uh, I gotta see this. Yeah. yeah it, it, there's no thing, total exploitation movie of the. I mean, I was entertained by the second half of the movie because it. And, and, and Melissa, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you a spoiler. 
This I don't fucking care. I'm giving you a Marissa Tomei plays the psychologist who has created the fur who has created the purge as this way of dealing with our aggressions and everything. And then at one point in the movie, she suddenly freaks out. She's offended by the notion that wait a minute. What do you mean that this this psychotic, racist, right-wing government regime is using it just to kill minorities and poor people? That's not what I created a psychotic uh, game for. This is completely offends by and, and then, of course, they take her out and have her executed. But the way they kill her in the movie, it's like – it's almost like Marissa Tomei said, oh, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm not doing anything else. I'm leaving. So they got her double, and they just like, okay – Let's put it on a security camera and just pretend that that's her just getting randomly shot and killed on the street. Because, Great. you know, and, 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 and I also wanted to hear, like, you know, what would be the explanation in the media? This woman who has been all over the press uh, hyping up the purge, and now all of a sudden she's dead on purge night. <laughs> How are they going to speak in the media? I, yeah. yeah. All right, I got to see it now. Yeah. All right. It, so my my number five was the ritual. Boy, what was your five? Uh, what was my five? Halloween. Mine too. Mine's gonna be yeah. a little higher. Mine, mine, mine might have. I I have two big issues with the movie, and I, I'll just go ahead and put them out there. One, the ending where they 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 had a clear definitive ending and it then apparently i guess they made a decision to like let's keep it a little open ended because we want to make more money i can't argue with that at all yeah yeah and also that twist involving the doctor i like that i hate it i liked that, it too uh, the, the twi- that twist could have worked if they'd executed it better but instead it's so obvious that like they couldn't figure out how do we get michael myers from Haddonfield to Jamie Lee Curtis's compound in the woods. Well, what if what if the new Loomis goes insane and decides to Uber a corpse that turns out to not be dead? That's fine. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, you, that's fine though. I mean, that's that's they couldn't figure out a way, but that's the way. I mean, they, you know, like, and I, I also liked it because they, as the movie pays homage to, I think every other movie in the series, I like that this was. Our, Doctor Wynn. Yes. I thought it was fun. I, I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed it as a celebration of the entire franchise. You had the dumb cops from Halloween Five, the evil doctor. I don't know. I've only seen it once, but I. I, you know I remember how, watching it. Well, listen, it felt I, like the one genuinely. You know, I. We're all familiar with the franchise, of course, and as well made as this new movie is, there's nothing in it for the most part that also feels really new. It feels like a very well-made riff on something, you know, many things that we've seen and loved before. And that's great, and I think they did a hell of a job of it, and obviously, like, it's on my list, so I dug it. But what was so great about that Doctor moment was that, yeah, I mean, he's kind of Doctor Wynn in a way, but also it, it felt like the one genuinely surprising thing in the film. When it was happening, when he stands up wearing that fucking mask, I was like, holy shit, are they... Are they really doing this? Is this actually happening right now? I and it was nice to feel that in a movie that otherwise felt kind of safe. It's a slasher movie, right? I mean, that's how they all are. So that's the tough thing with these movies is like they're going to make another one now. What can you do? <laughs> like he he is a, a very basic 
basic character. He murders people. So you can, I mean, I loved this movie because it was the first Halloween movie since 1995 that I went into a theater and sat down and enjoyed. And that was really nice for a change because it hasn't fucking happened in forever. But, but at the same time, you're right. Like there is a sense of like, we've seen this before (laughs) we this is this is this is it this this is what halloween is i think we kind of have to accept the ending too though i you know the to me the ending felt entirely new too i love the revelation about the trap uh you know the the sort of cage that that house was Mm -hmm. um and it felt like you know honestly so what so what's the ending what's the problem I think the fact that it's so clearly a definitive ending that is then undercut in the final five, ten seconds where it's like, okay, you know what? It's not going to be an ending. Like, we're we're setting up this perfect finale. Honestly, if they were going to continue on with the Halloween franchise after that, I wish they would go back to, you know, they invited Carpenter back in. So at this point, you know, close Michael Myers' story out and let the Halloween franchise be what it was always supposed never, to be back in the day. But it, but of course, but of course, it's always going to be the dude in the white mask. It's only ever going to be that. And I get that. But you know what? If it's going to be that, then give us an – and, you know, maybe, maybe a, this is a weird case of knocking somebody for doing too good of a job, but – in the final 10 minutes of the movie, it feels like we are watching a final confrontation. It feels like a conclusion to the story between those two characters. And it ends on, rather than the, the, the opening of fucking Halloween Resurrection, which I despise, you know, it actually allows a character that we love to live and to win finally. And the way she does it is great. And then you get to the final few seconds and you realize, oh, wait, this doesn't matter. It's just another Halloween movie. He's going to live again. He's going to come after again. They're going to fight again. If they want him to continue on again, that means that Laurie Strode is probably going to die in the next sequel or a sequel after that. And it's just going to be more of the same. What is the point of rebooting the franchise yet again if we're just going to trail down the same paths? Well, I mean, I think that, (laughs) though, they could have... They could have... Definitively, right? You, we could have seen his mask burning. Yes. And if the if the movie made 160 million dollars, which it did, they would have unwritten it anyway. So I mean, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I kind of knew that. You know, that the the pact, the contract, the unofficial contract I have with Michael Myers is that he's going to outlive me. So I, <laughs> there we're we are never going to get to a point in the franchise where we're gonna. And, and that's it. No more Halloween ever. Like no, that's never gonna happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I I know that he's always going to live. But you know what? I leave that for another reboot down the road. Can't we just have? You know, I, I, who was it that said? Was it maybe Alan Moore was talking about um, comic books and graphic novels and the fact that you know. Uh, a lot of the characters that we look at as modern mythology, we look at Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, you know, all these superhero characters, and they're never going to quite have the power that, you know, uh, actual mythology, or at least earlier mythology has, because there is no definitive ending for any of those characters. They're just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. It's one of the reasons that I like, I know a lot of people hate on this movie, it's one of the reasons that I love Psycho 4, 
because it dared to give Norman Bates, this, you know, slasher icon, that he is a definitive ending. It closed out his story, and then it allowed him to, you know, uh, carry on later on. And, you know, they did the same thing with Bates Motel. It surprised the hell out of me, that, you know, how that show wound up. Um, I, I, why can't we see that for some of these characters? You know, um, instead of a... Uh, they get knocked down and then they eventually get back up again. You know, why can't we see, uh, why can't we see an ending for them? Um, and I feel like kind of that's the, uh, you know, knock his movies all you want. And I, I understand, but I love that Rob Zombie sort of gave his Michael Myers a, a bit of closure, you know? And he was lucky in that he got to do his two and get out and it kind of told a complete story. And that's what I felt like. I, I, Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it felt like the lead up to Halloween was kind of teasing the fact that this was going to be the one big sort of the definitive sequel to the original Carpenter movie. The fact that he was coming back and the fact that Jamie Lee was coming back. And it felt like that no matter what was going to happen, this was going to be kind of a one and done in a way. And then you get to the end of the movie and you realize you've been kind of duped in a way. Well, what's funny is I don't even think that I think what's funny about the movie is that it ignores all the other movies. But in my opinion, I think metatextually, like you still have to have the weight of all the rest of those movies for this movie to truly resonate. Yes. Because if if you don't and he just was this guy on one night 40 years ago. I buy Laurie's trauma, but it still doesn't have the iconography and the weight that opening scene which is brilliant of the of the mental institution with the guys going in like that shit doesn't work unless you have grown with this franchise and watched every single movie i mean it still works i, I know it does because i've talked to people that haven't watched all the movies but I, it still draws on 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 the, the franchise i mean as evidenced by the little nods that are in there um to the other movies but i think you still need all that stuff to feel that to make it feel as epic as it does. Um, which I, I is agree, kind of but I also kind of, movie... I kind of applaud the movie for doing, you know, trying to fight against that in a way too, because, you know, you have a conversation with, uh, you know, the teens who, yeah, they know this thing happened, but they don't really know all of the finer details. It's kind of like in the past, it's this one event that happened and Hey, the guy only killed like three people, right? Like that's not even that big of a deal these days, you know, only three. And, you know, even, you know, that kid, that great character in the middle of the movie, um, you know, when he sees Michael Myers, that's not the boogeyman. That's not Michael Myers. That's not a character that Haddonfield fears the return of every Halloween. It's just, like, I don't think he even has a reference for who that is. It's just a scary guy in a fucking mask to him, you know? Yeah. I, I dug all of that. But, again, I just, I, I, I wanted to see him fucking die. I wanted to see him die at the end of that movie, I think and I wanted that story to be over with. But he wouldn't have died. <laughs> Even if he died, he wouldn't have died. Like, you have the same... Like, so how do you... How do you... Before this movie, mm -hmm. right? How do you process the end of Halloween H2O today? Like, before this? I still do think... you watch that and go... That is exactly what I wanted out of that movie. That, to me, is still the ending of the original franchise. I hate Resurrection for any number of reasons, but no more so than for the fact that it, it undoes that great, great moment at the end of H2O. Uh, and that's what I wanted out of this one, because this one is essentially H2O redone. Like, mm -hmm. we could admit that, right? Like, this is this is a second go-around for what H2O was meant to be, I guess. And, oh, yeah. and this one yeah. cops out on that ending. Like, okay... 
you posed that question to me. Now I'll ask you. Like, okay, you said '95 was the last time you enjoyed a Halloween flick, so I'm guessing you didn't like H2O all that much. But still, if Halloween H2O had built to that moment with her and the axe, and she pulls it back to swing at him, and then she's overcome by the authorities, and they take both of them into custody, and everybody drives away into the the sunset, like, would that, that have been satisfying to you? Be alive. Do what? I mean, I. I I said that poor ambulance driver would still be alive. (laughs) 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 I don't know, because I'm not a big fan of H2O. So it it, it doesn't play... That movie doesn't play well for me. It's okay. Um, And that's fair. I mean, I do think over the years I did reconcile that as like the ending of the series, uh, because I sure as hell am not going to acknowledge Resurrection. No, no, it's terrible. But... I, don't, I, mean, I, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind what they did in this. My problem with it um, was that I, I wanted Judy Greer to die. I and not because I didn't <laughs> like her. I liked her a lot. And that moment, the gotcha moment, is great. Uh, and they got a tremendous response in the audience. It was a really great moment. But I just think having all three of the Strode girls at the end is a little too like. This is still a horror film. This is still a slasher movie franchise, and, and we're turning into fucking terms of endearment in the final show. You know, I, I just thought it was I, – I understand the triumphant nature of it and stuff, and I, I kind of do like the the um, the sort of nebulous moment of, of, um, of the girl with the knife, and, and I've had some pretty interesting discussions about what that means. But I still – you know, for, for my quibbles with it, I will say that I fucking loved it. I thought it was a blast. I, from the moment that uh, that pumpkin remade itself in the opening scene to all the way to the final moment, even though I felt kind of bummed about it. I mean, Carpenter scored those performances. Like I, my God, I, I good I looking Michael. Like it was nice to have a good, nice to have a good mask again. Um, yeah, you know what? No, I, 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 I loved I, old Michael. I love that he actually yeah. aged. I love that he had gray hair and he was bald yeah. and he had a scar and he. He was still fearsome, but he also seemed like a guy who had aged. You know, I, I'll get your guys' opinion on this, too. For all the talk in the first movie that this is the boogeyman, this is evil incarnate, you know, uh, blackest eyes, devil's eyes, all that. This one felt to me like it, he, I don't know what it is. But there was this moment when he is actually stalking through Haddonfield for the first time again. You know, he's gotten his mask back, and he's trailing around, and he finds a hammer. And he walks into a house, and he kills somebody, and then he grabs a knife. And then he stalks from house to house. It felt like he wasn't the boogeyman anymore to me from that point on throughout the movie. It felt like he was just a maniac. And I don't mean that in a a bad way. I'm not knocking the movie. I think it's actually fantastic. But it felt like he was a real human being in this movie, who is just out of his mind. And that was scarier to me in this film than the quote-unquote boogeyman had been for numerous sequels. I just wanted to know how exactly uh, this 60-year-old who only stood in place for 30 years was so strong. I wanted to see the scene of Michael Myers lifting weight, and they're just like, he does it for hours. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's the thing. You know what else I want to do? All right, I want to so Halloween. 
wait, wait, wait. I want to go to a horror convention and see Danielle Harris at a table and just start yelling, you don't exist anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> did I hear that? Did I read that She'll right? Rather somewhere that in an early draft of the script, they actually named the daughter Jamie. I think they wanted to. Yeah. That would have been like, okay, if they had done that, but they hadn't cast Daniel Harris, like, I, holy shit. I, I'm very curious what the reaction to that would have been. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't. You know, you get Ryan Turk stirring the ship, and if nothing, he knows, he knows, he knows uh, what the fans are into and not into. And, you know, there, there was definitely some, some muddy waters there that I think he helped steer away from, like the, you know, initial reports of them changing the ending of the original film. And stuff, and and I, I don't know. It just it sounds like yeah. I think that you need a you need a real fan on in there to kind of kind of make some of those decisions. All right, guys, we are nearing the one hour and forty minute mark. We're gonna try and uh, try and move this along faster. What what number well, that, are we even on right now? Well, we're we're on we're on number four. we're going to four, and I'm gonna say my four just because we've already talked about it. Okay. Um, but my number four is Strangers Pray at Night. So we can we don't have to we don't have to talk about that again, obviously. Okay, good deal. I love Strangers Pray at Night, so it's pretty. It's a blast. That pool sequence is incredible. Uh, it's an, it's an, okay. Let's take two seconds time. to discuss one thing though. The ending. I love Strangers Pray at Night. I thought it was a blast. That ending is terrible. What the hospital? Yes. Yeah, that's the bet. That that was clearly a case of we're not sure how to end this thing, but we because we got to get it out on like some kind of scary moment, even though it doesn't fit. And also, you know, when you get to the end of the first movie, it felt like it was uh, a franchise friendly film. Um, so w- I'm very curious why they bothered rebooting the franchise and bringing all of these characters back, these iconic villains, only to do that in the ending. I love that they did what they did. With those characters, because it was genuinely shocking and surprising to see that. But at the same time, it's like, where where, where do you go from here? I, I, that was one of the things I actually really liked about the movie. I was like, wait a minute. Like, that doesn't happen in horror movies. I loved it, like- but holy shit. I, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I loved it too. I, I agree the ending is sloppy uh, the last 15 seconds or so. But I don't care. Like, it's kind of like a quiet place. Like I was like, yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't mar it for me. Like it, it, it does kind of maybe make me take a half a point off for some something arbitrary. But I, you know, it, it's it's so small and it's fine. Like it, it ends with a not an insidious knock at the door. Like whatever. Like you like, know, like you know, that, that, it wasn't the final flaming car sequence made me think this guy's really bucking for the Christine remake job. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. It, yeah, it was so well done. But I was like, this is like, this should be like in Christine. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. should be happening in The Strangers. All right, Foy, you're number four. <laughs> uh, upgrade. I haven't seen that. I, yeah, it's, it's, um, is it a horror movie though? It's maybe more of a horror movie than Venom, but. Ooh, ooh, Foy roasted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, hold on a second. I, hold on. I'm trying to remember. I've been served. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel. No, I feel bad. Upgrade. upgrade. I think. He, I think you could put it as a look. Well, the problem is, Feeney hasn't seen it, and I don't want to spoil the ending for him because I know he needs I to see it. I, I, 
Uh, but I'll just really? say, like, I'm fine. You, you can spoil it. I don't care. No, uh, no, no. It is. I'll still watch it. It is very good, Feeny. I see my my, see, my one okay. problem is everybody loves that twist ending, and I don't. What? That's the one I don't. I didn't like the. Uh, fine, okay. You know, Here, what, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll I'll take my headphones off for a second. You. All right. Go, you go got thirty it. seconds. All right. All right. Real quick. Here's why I didn't like it. Number one, because. I I really liked the camaraderie between the two all throughout the movie, and all of a sudden, because as talented as Lee Wanell is, he seems like he he he's in that mentality where like it always has to end with a dark twist. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Which I I don't think. I mean, and my other problem was the twist that he did. I just saw that like a year or so ago. It was called Ex Machina. It's almost the same <laughs> ending. That's fair. I, would, I, I I know what you're saying, but I still kind of. But, I, but other than that, I loved every second of it. I, I thought I, it was fun. I will say that ending though, like it, from the AI's point of view, that ending makes far more sense than if the movie had just been what you thought it was up until. All right, point. I'm coming back. Okay. All right. So. Upgrade, definitely worth watching. Feeny, you should check it out. Um, okay, so we've done our four. Oh, my number four. Mandy. Did, did, great we, did we all love Mandy? Movie. Uh, here's my, my take on Mandy. Mandy doesn't belong on a best list. Mandy doesn't belong on a worst list. Mandy belongs on a Mandy list. That movie exists <laughs> well. <laughs> it, it, it is unclassifiable. It, it is... I, I, and, I, but I will say, I will say the, the Cheddar Goblin commercial is now officially the best ghoulie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mandy is my number one movie of the year. Oh, wow. I, I, I love, I, I, I loved it. I watched, I, I love Panos Cosmatos. I love Beyond the Black Rain. Uh, you, Say this is unclassifiable. It's classifiable in 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 the sense that I'm getting a sense now that Panos Cosmatos makes very specific movies for for um, for a niche audience because it's it's they're 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 so similar. Um, and and I completely understand people not loving Mandy. I get it, but but boy, I'm grateful that I did because I I just got a real charge from it. It That's starts. Cool. I loved it. It, it's like, it starts weird and it gets weirder. Yeah. I will it, say the difference like, though between that one and exactly. uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow is the fact that like I with Mandy I actually cared about the characters. Beyond the Black Rainbow mm-hmm. I felt like was kind of cold in a way and mm-hmm. you're just sitting there observing like mm-hmm. style and little more but my god what style? You know, I those images and that music it was And it was I think great, that I this think one, that I gave a damn, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's by design with Black Rainbow. I, I kind of feel like that's part of it. I do but, too. Yeah, Mandy's a, a different. Uh, I think Mandy's definitely a different beast because it it hinges on on the emotion. Mandy is like mainlining Nicolas Cage directly into your vein like heroin. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem with that is, it's like if you could put Nicolas Cage in a spoon and hold him over a lighter and then inject it right <laughs> into the eyeball. <laughs> when you when you get like like when you're watching I'm watching the movie and I'm like I don't know how this gets better and then they introduce demon bikers that Nick Cage is gonna have to kill and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> like, uh, this is some some kind of some kind what? of miracle 
hysterical that I never knew I needed in my life. The the moment I, I was actually kind of a little down on the movie in the beginning because I thought it was really slow. It and, is, and and it's so like just like okay, is this actually going to anything? And then all of a sudden, you have these cenobites that just pull up right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like redneck cenobites have just showed up in the backwoods to assist <laughs> a, a Manson family drug cult. <laughs> Just like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. And then and then and then Nicholas Cage is in his underwear watching uh, a a, a <laughs> goblet on the heads of small children. And then he goes to the guy who's like, "Yes, here's, here's some here's some weapons to help you kill them even better than." <laughs> But I do think, I, you know, I, that is one of my favorite moments in the entire movie, and maybe not for, I, I don't know, I think a lot of people probably view the Cheddar Goblin moment as just this weird, quirky thing to have a laugh at, but I, I is it weird that I actually found that kind of emotional? Like, I, who, have we not, if it, and I don't, we, we've been having a blast here, I don't want to get too heavy, but I mean, you know, when you... I can remember moments in my life when I've suffered a loss and you focus on the most random thing, um, you know, and, and, and it's sort of, you know, anything you can latch onto to take your mind off of, you know, uh, your trauma. And I, I kind of got that out of that moment. I get what he was going through. I get that he could stand there and watch this silly commercial, you know, and just be completely absorbed by it because, you know, what other option does he have other than trying to focus on, you know, the loss that he just suffered. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was a really emotional moment more so than just something that was meant to be turned into a fucking meme. Uh, yeah, I think it plays both ways, I think. And I think that's the beauty of it is that it, 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 it means something. It means it's something sad for the character, but it also is befitting that movie. <laughs> so I, I mean, I think it, I, I think it, I think it, I think it works well in there, but, and I think it works well in both of those ways, which is great about it. You know, I, I loved it. I, I'm, I'm deeply scared. I look forward to enjoying it for years. <laughs> well, I'm deeply, I'm deeply frightened of the thought of going to horror conventions and seeing people cosplay of Nick Cage at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. It's blood covered, <laughs> wild grin. Uh, All right, so we, are we still on number so, yeah. four, or did I just kick off number four? I'm, it's that was, late. I thought that was number three. No, Mandy is my number four. Uh, I did number oh, four yeah, yeah, upgrade, yeah, yeah. and then he did Mandy. Yeah, so mine mine is... Uh, hello? Um, hello? <laughs> oh, editing this is going to be a blast. Yeah. And mine was mine was uh, strangers, so we're we're on to. Okay, Feeny, you're number three. My number three is Suspiria. Uh... <laughs> um, boy, did you see Suspiria? I'm going to take that as a no. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like a Foy kind of a movie. No, uh, Suspiria is is amazing. I I. I I rallied for years against the Suspiria remake, and uh, you know ignorantly, um, but but 
Luca Guadagnino is is a guy who um, he he was so the right guy for this. You know, like he it's 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 something that it has it it has so little to do with Dario Argento's movie that it's almost amazing. Um, it, it uses the the general concept and some character names and really that's it like you're not getting a whole hell of a lot of fan service in in this new suspiria and that's smart um because uh argentos is so iconic and 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 singular that 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 you can't you there's no there's nowhere to go doing that so this is a completely different movie and it's it's frustrating at times it's it's maddening at times um it but it's never not enthralling it's it's a it's a beautiful movie. There's a strange bit of it where it, it is set in 1977 Berlin, um, and and in the background of the movie, there's there's kind of the the characters talk about this this kind of infamous hijacking, this real life hijacking um, that was happening <clears throat> at the time, and it, and it sort of frames the movie. And I I, I, had, I had actually written a paper on it in college on this hijacking. I, I still don't know exactly how it fits into the movie. It's, it's a very dense movie. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis on his podcast said it, it's a, it's a movie that becomes a term paper. Wait, whoa, and, whoa, whoa. And, I'm and sorry. Kind of, I'm, do you, you said Brett Easton Ellis's podcast. I, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. is he doing it again? He's doing it. It's, it's on Patreon though. It's a, it's a, it's a Patreon. Patreon exclusive, so you got to pay. Like it's like I, I think I, I pay like uh, I, I do like the silver, and I think it ends up being like you pay like per podcast. So sometimes he does like two a month, and it ends up costing like three bucks or whatever. But Damn, they're really had, good. They're actually better than. I had no oh, yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that it. podcast, but uh, it just stopped popping up on iTunes, and I had no idea why. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been doing it for like the year, the whole year. It's it's really good. Damn it. Um, but yeah, he cut. Yeah, yeah, check it out. It's it's worth it's worth subscribing to. And it doesn't break the bank because I I have to be pretty frugal with that stuff too. And I'm like, eh, but I'll pay for Brett. And it doesn't like it's it usually is like three bucks a month. So it's like it I'm I'm comfortable with that. But he um he he yeah he's right. He calls it a, a movie that turns into a term paper. And he, and that's not a slam. Like he's not really he he maybe doesn't like it as much as I do. But um. Mm, but he's kind of right, but it's such an interesting movie and it's beautiful and it's weird and it's complex. And I'm like chomping at the bit to see it again. So I think if you're going to blind buy it when it comes out, I think you're more than safe to, to do that because it is, it is a movie that I think you're going to watch it. And I think you'll form like some semblance of an opinion, but that to me feels like that's just the beginning because like, I really, feel like this is a movie that I, I need to really take some time with. And that, and that's, to me, that's my favorite kind of movie. The, the kind that, like, you really need to sort of, like, get under there and, and under the hood and really kind of, like, check it out. Because, man, there's a lot, there's a lot per, per square inch to it. And um, and I, I just loved it. I thought it was really great. And some of the sequences are nightmarish. 
some of it's beautiful, some of it's sad, some of it's surprisingly touching, some of it's horrific. So it's it really is a different beast, and and I'm so glad it is. Like I did not want a Dario Argento movie, and it pays almost no lip service to it, and I'm I'm just so glad. Like it's not like a remember this scene, we're gonna do this too. Like there's and and thank God, you know, Luca Guadagnino is was definitely a uh, a good choice to, to remake it and i'm not surprised it flopped it's it's the most audience unfriendly movie i think it wasn't <laughs> you right we were talking about how the neon demon was like the most and it's like no no no. i really think that this this movie is way more audience aggressive than the yikes i can't even imagine i can't wait i really really want to see it i i could kick myself for missing it in theaters but again it wasn't entirely my fault um boy did you watch it no, I, I just, it's not anywhere near me. Gotcha. All right. You're number three. Uh, my number three is Hellraiser Judgment. Yes. I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It, it's actually Children of the Corn Runaway. I, I still can't tell if you're joking. <laughs> I can, I can never actually, tell with you, Foy. It's also, it's also Polaroid. What the hell is Polaroid? <laughs> Polaroid is that uh that that um um uh, 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 Weinstein Brothers movie about if you about the old Polaroid camera that if you take your picture of it with it yeah, you die and it's been sitting on a shelf for I think going on three years now. Oh, of course, of course. Okay, what is your number three, boy? Uh, number three on my list is uh I really don't actually I just I just noticed I numbered wrong. I don't have a number three. I've, 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 <laughs> I completely screwed up my list because I put Venom down twice somehow. Uh, my, my number three. Um, I love Venom. The superhero movie made your horror list twice. Not once, but you put it on there <laughs> twice. It didn't make my list twice. I just wrote it down twice by mistake. That was kind of... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I will, I will give an honorary nod to the Cheddar Goblin commercial. I, you know what? I, I will put Mandy as my number three just because... Even though it would not probably normally be on my best list, I'm not going to forget that movie for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, my number three, Assassination Nation. That's a horror movie? I, the, the final <laughs> 30, you, final... What? Give me shit about Venom, and you put that on your horror <laughs> that, Have you seen it, boy? <laughs> No, but I know what it is, and that's not a horror movie. It, holy <laughs> shit! Okay, would you call the Purge a horror movie? Uh, yeah. Okay, Assassination Nation is a horror movie. It is a teen drama slash dark comedy up until a certain point, and then holy shit, it is a nerve fraying, like super intense horror flick in the final twenty thirty minutes. It's really really dark and disturbing and genuinely distressing uh i think it's a really smart movie it's funny as hell it's dark as shit and it is a great film i think i i enjoyed the hell out of it and i saw it on a whim it wasn't really on my radar at all i didn't really know what it was uh, i needed to watch a movie one day just for the hell of it it started at the right time i bought a ticket and stepped in and i was blown away by what i saw um i think it's is, genuinely great and you guys is that out yet it? like can i no can i is that out on video yet? Like, can I rent that I, now? It, I think it just actually, hit Blu-ray today. Oh, yeah. Oh. 
Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I will VOD that this weekend because I, I had heard a couple people talk about it, you know, in, in favorable ways. So I, I am interested in it. I've heard it's a very divisive movie. I've heard that too. Yeah. But, the, but, but people, a couple of people I trust have, have given it passing marks. So passing marks with the caveat that I might not like it, which also kind of interests me. <laughs> all right uh so we're we're three down i'm gonna go ahead and throw out my number two because we've talked about it halloween uh dug the hell out of it uh Feeney, your number two my number two is revenge nice um it, it, it's the movie that i i can't believe that it wasn't number one. Like, okay, I, can, I can I just say pro- one thing the- real quick? Foy, why are you not giving Feeney any shit for revenge? I funny because we actually I already I gave him some shit about it uh, when we talked last on the phone. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry, I, Feeney, I, for interrupting. I will let Feeney say, and then I'll say something. But wait, isn't isn't this? I mean, this is this is this. Is as, as much of a genre picture as I spit on your grave, no? But uh, but I would say the difference is uh, to me anyway is that, uh, and I'm not I'm no fan of that that subgenre, and I'm not a fan of I spit on your grave. But with I spit on your grave, you're watching somebody go through something really harrowing for a large large stretch of the movie. Whereas in Revenge, I mean something really horrible happens to our heroine in the movie, but it takes up far less time and for the most part it's an avenging angel kind of movie i think it's more concerned with being an action movie and well i mean it's right there in the title a revenge flick than it is being something that's meant to disturb or unsettle maybe i'm not knocking you for having it on your list i think it's i totally think it's horror fan friendly uh i think it's a great movie i just uh i don't know i i just wanted to give foy shit for that i'm sorry no, no, no. I I do love that genre, um, and I like it because I see it. It does it it does a, a good one. A good those movies when they're good, you have to really you have to really feel for the heroine, and you have to you have to be in her shoes. Like you can't just like that's like a lot of them that like err on the exploitation side of things. Um, like the, the the I spit on your grave remake um, I didn't like at all because I, I thought it spent a lot lot of time on the the act of the the the, the sexual violence of it um, and then where to me it missed the mark is that it, it it then changes perspectives and it's not about the girl anymore which kind of disgusted me because to me you need you need to see the 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 your protagonist kind of go to the next place you need to see her kind of pull herself together mentally and and as well as physically and in the i spent a great remake she kind of becomes like a grudge ghost like that's the best way i can describe it like she just starts showing up and putting all these guys in ironic revenge traps kind of and it just it was like this isn't this isn't what i want from this like yeah you're you're punishing the guilty yeah go ahead no, I just I I feel the exact opposite about those two movies. Um, I I I can barely stand to watch the first movie, uh, and it feels like there's far more time spent on watching Camille Keaton's version of that character go through all of that. I it, what it's like forty minutes or something 
like that. It, it felt significantly less to me in the remake. But what I loved about the remake was, whereas in the first movie you have this character that you come to like, and then this horrible thing happens to her, and then she becomes like an avenging angel, but the movie seems to take this position that she it still feels bad for her. It feels like when I watch the first movie, it feels like even in the second half, it feels like the movie pities her in a weird way. Like even though she is committing these acts of violence now, it almost feels like uh, the the movie feels sorry for what's become of her, even though, and and she has that scene where she goes to the church and it's, it's this very sort of like, woe is me, you know, uh, it, it just felt like the movie couldn't help but pity her at every single turn, you know, and my God, look how broken she is because she's killing these guys now. And what what's become of her soul, you know, whereas you watch the remake and this horrible thing happens to her. And then all of a sudden you're right. We're, we're in the guy's shoes, but they're being terrified and we're watching them get put through the same paces that she did. And we're in the shoes of these victims because that's what they become, you know, not that we're meant to feel bad for them, but I love watching those guys go through something as harrowing as what she did in the first half. And I love the fact that she becomes a badass. And I love the fact that the second half of the movie is completely unapologetic when it comes to her getting her revenge. That's an interesting perspective. I, I, I <laughs> never thought of it that way. Um, not, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Um, think for me i need i need to be with the heroine like i need i need to i need i need the connective tissue between victim and avenger like i need the connective tissue and 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 to me when you when you take that out completely and just go straight to she's terrorizing them like i don't have the same emotional investment i guess which is which is all a very long way to say um, I thought Revenge was flawlessly told. Um, I, I, I do love uh, outside of the slasher movie. This is probably my favorite kind of movie is like the Revenge, the the Avenging Angel kind of movie. I like Revenge movies in general too. Same. I mean, but this one I thought just didn't have a false beat for me. Like I, I loved the sort of I, I loved the the the. Uh, uh, and Foy didn't know a woman had directed it, which was funny because Foy was like, "Oh, what the hell's film Twitter talking about? Oh, they love this movie, and and they're all talking." And, and it's like, "Well, it's a woman director." Great revenge movies and how men need to stop making these movies. Like, oh, well, this one's by a woman. Okay, it's okay. We can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say I it felt like that, an entirely um, different take on that sort of material, and I I, I really appreciated that. And I, I you, you said you didn't find one false speed. I will say that the one thing I disliked about the movie, and this is a very, very minor quibble because I do think it's great, but there is nothing else in the movie to me uh, that is so heightened or so stylish or such an obvious overblown choice that it justifies the amount of blood that that poor girl must have lost and was still allowed to you know, get up and moving and kicking. Like, I just, I couldn't, there was nothing in the movie that set up the, this notion that she was able to survive what she did. Like, uh, in, in, in the first third of the movie, is that a weird thing to knock it for? Like everything else felt reasonably, yeah, uh, she's realistic. French. She's a French director. Come on. do <laughs> That's how the French. That's how the French do things. You Fair know, enough. like that's like that's like to, to me. This is like the, like this is like an extension of like the French New Wave from like seven or eight years ago. And I'm like, yeah, 
good. Like, this is just, there's fucking excessive groove. I mean, look at the end. The ending is literally people slipping over <laughs> blood because there's so much fucking blood everywhere. Um, it was just giddy. And the greatest thing about great. it uh, for me was watching it with my wife and my, who she, she's, you know, she'll watch a lot of movies with me. And, and I, I actually hate when people anecdotally throw their spouse into, into every story like this, but it was just funny because she, she, you know, she's not like a movie fanatic. Like she's not like a, it's not like her religion or anything like that, you know? So she, a lot of movies are, yeah, it was good. Right. But this movie ended and she was like, <clears throat> that was spectacular. Can we watch it again? And I was just like, great. Like it played, it played perfectly for you. And, and to talk to her about it, you know, and it was really interesting to get, and, and she agrees. Like, she's like, you know, it has the, the, it has the exploitation in it, right? Like you start off and it's like, look how, look at this piece of ass. Look how hot this girl is. And that's all in there still, but it's in there with a slightly different tinge and that tinge matters. Like, and so it's, it, it's really interesting, you know, that, that it's just, it's a slight, it's slight perceptive change, but it really does change things quite a bit. You know, um, and yeah, I just thought it was a really sly update on that type of movie, which is the type of movie I already love so much. Um, so it was always probably going to play very well for me. I, I love it so much. Very cool. All right. Boy, you're number two. Do you, do you have a number two? I, I, Please don't say Venom again. I, I, I'm just going to stay real quick. I, <laughs> I'm going to, seriously, I'm not just going to bust your balls in a few moments. I'm going to shove them down your throat. <laughs> anyway. Can, um, I, can I say one thing about Venom? I am going to, I may buy Venom just to see the Woody Harrelson kid. I'll say one thing about Venom. I enjoyed it. It's not great. It's not terrible. I, I had fun watching it. My thing, I, I didn't even dislike Revenge. I just don't. I, it just didn't really do much of anything for me. I, just, I think I said it's like it's an art house. I spit on your grave. You know, if if it it, it could have been retitled Rape Lola Rape. It wants to be this really, oh really visceral experience. But to me, it's like once she started going for the revenge, it's like this is dragging. It's like they're going. I, I think of it's just like I don't know. It just to me it was just like it's it's a gorgeous movie. It's one of the best cinematography of the entire year. It's well acted, but it just it didn't it just left me cold. About the time the dream sequences happened, it started to lose me completely. Yeah. And but number two, and, but, so yeah, but number satisfying. Yeah, I know. But any time a woman is violently raped and then murders a bunch of men, Feeney's there. I mean, that's that's. Yeah, that's a Feeney movie. Anyway, um, I like the, I like I like I like when women kill their kill these dudes. What yeah. Can I... uh, um, number two, I already said number two. My list is a quiet play. Nice. Okay. All right. So I guess we're on to our number ones. Um, Foy, hit us. What's your number one? What was what was your number two, Jinx? Uh, Halloween. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Save my number one for last. Oh shit, Feeny, you want to go? Mine's mine's Mandy, so I'm already we already. All right, my number one is Hereditary. Oh bull! Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, I'm just gonna no, sit. I, I liked it. No, I I liked it fine. Uh, my but the only reason I, I it doesn't it doesn't fit on my list is. 
I was a little bored, like a little bit. I, I enjoyed it, um, and I, and I I have no qualms with it. But I there was a point early on when I thought, oh, it's this, and then it was that, and so like I, it 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 didn't it didn't wow me like it did a lot of people. But I liked it. Boy. Do you have any I, I feelings have... on Hereditary? Yeah, I didn't see it. All right. I, oh, I didn't? Hered- I'll just say, Hereditary is one of those movies where it's like everything I heard about it said, you know what, this isn't for me. I nah, I, I don't know that that's true. I... I, 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 I fucking love this movie. Love, love, love this movie. Um. I caught it in the theater. There were two other people in the auditorium. Uh, I am so happy for that because apparently, you know, I was on Twitter reading horror stories about people watching it with uh, packed houses, and I can only imagine oh, it what it was it, like. It, it, it was a really bad crowd. I saw it on opening night. And have you only seen it the one time? It's part of my friend. Only the one time. Give I'm it so another I'm gonna, shot. I'm going to watch it again. With, I will. It's not going to change me. Don't, don't. I'll bet you had people Don't clucking, think it will. Right? I, oh, it, it was terrible. Like it, 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 that's what frustrates me with A24 in general. Like I understand they're they're pro cinema, so so no day and date VOD. But you're making a movie that is begging its audience to interact with it in a certain way. Yeah, and they're good. These motherfuckers are gonna cluck the entire fucking movie, and they did. And and I'm not talking like one guy. It was half the auditorium. It was maddening. So there is that, too. Now, I, I think you had your showing run for you, man. Please give it another shot and try and, like, put that initial viewing out of your mind. Because I can't uh, even imagine. Uh, like, there are certain movies uh, that well, demand like, But again, like, like, I mean, I liked it. I think you would be very happy to know that Brett Easton Ellis, I believe, has that as his best film of the year as well. I Again, I loved it. I watched it in an auditorium that was... Uh, Respectable of the movie, I it was like watching a fucking nightmare unfold in front of me. That was my experience with the movie. I when it just started as this domestic drama, I was fully in. Um, you know, I, the performances, the, the the handle of tone that the director had, I I was drawn in. And then you have that one shock moment. Boy, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Twenty minutes in. And the response, like the fallout of that moment, is maybe one of the most horrifying things I've seen. Not because it's like a... There's nothing horror movie about it. There's nothing supernatural about that moment. But from the moment yeah. that scream starts and then glues together the next two sequences after that in just one unending, you know, sort of horrific response, like I... My blood was frozen in that moment. And then I the rest of the movie that comes after that is something like I again, it was like watching a nightmare. It was like being in a nightmare watching that film. I, I felt like that very It rarely. does draw you in. It does. It's it's it does it does right away. It does kind of capture your attention with the very cool like dollhouse sort of, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I'm still surprised. I, was... I have no complaints about it. I I, I and I watched it again but, on Blu-ray and I will say that I you know, it's rare for a movie like that to have the same sort of impact on me that the initial viewing did, but the, I, it, it does. That movie still scares the hell out of me. I, it I, still unsettles me. I will, it still leaves me with that feeling of dread. Watch it again. I mean, I, I will because I, I like when I when it's a Blu-ray or cheap 4K, I will will get it. Um, 
But I just, it's like, I'm going to tell him, like, I want to watch it again. I want to it with my wife. And, you know, it, it, it is. It's, it's a good film. It's, for me, it's, it's not a great one, but, you know, that's okay. Like, it, it, it's just, it's just a little south of, of completely resonating with me. But I completely understand why it resonates with people, too. Like, it's, it's totally valid. I'm not, you know, and, and Foy, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's, it's not a you movie. Like, I think it, it's, I think it's a pretty, I just, I caution everybody, uh, in this modern age of, of maybe not going in expecting to be bowled over like a masterpiece. Maybe just think it's going to be a pretty good movie and, and maybe you'll think that way. And maybe you'll like it more, but I just, I, you know, I mean, the way people are today, it's, it's better to go in with, 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 uh, hey, tempered expectations I, to, I, I to everything. I remember walking out of The Witch and thinking, that was phenomenal. And everybody around me was like, God, oh, that was a waste of money. I love The Witch. <laughs> I, I think too. The yeah. Witch is great. Yeah. I, I will ask you, Feeny, well, that, that, and Foy, if you want to plug your ears for a second, because uh, I'm going to try not to spoil this, but just in case, if you don't want to hear this, Feeny. I've already had to be spoiled. Oh, shit. Well, um, then I'll just ask this. Feeny, by the time the credits rolled, on Hereditary, did you have a strong feeling one way or the other as to whether or not there was actually something supernatural afoot, or do you think the movie's more psychological in nature, ultimately? I thought it was very supernatural. So maybe maybe that's maybe that's maybe I missed something. But to me, there was to me there was no mistake. Yeah, I felt differently. Uh, and I had this conversation a few episodes back uh, with Joe Lansdale, and he felt the same way as you, that, you know, it was obviously, like, supernatural. But I just, with the movie opening I, on the I, pre- Dolph- I appreciate you saying Joe Lansdale and I had the same had the same anything, but thank you. No, <laughs> no I, uh, but, like, the, the, the opening of the movie, the fact that it opens on a dollhouse, and then we push into it, and then, you know, the, the sort of artifice of that, and then we see real characters sort of introduced within the dollhouse and then we go from that. I think we're meant to know that or we're meant to think maybe that all of the events that happened from that point on we're not necessarily viewing the real world as it were so much as a a version of it. And the fact that the movie is just the fact that the movie is called Hereditary that to me mm-hmm. speaks to more of the psychological mm-hmm. nature of like what's going on than anything supernatural. It, you know, it I I mean, I guess it can mean the other thing too, but I, to me, it felt like it was a sort of shared madness from one generation to the next to the next, and that was sort of informing all of the madness and craziness that was happening on screen. I, I don't trust any of the characters to take me through a story like that, in the sense to be able to believe that the craziness that happens in the final act is actually true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong about that. To me, the the movie was called Hereditary, and I I just couldn't get over that when you had the son that looked nothing like the mother and the in the father. And I was just like, I can't, I can't. But how do you call this movie Hereditary? Oh, I can totally see crazy. it being Gabriel Byrne's son. That oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. Um, I don't know. Uh, also, I'm gonna say. I think Tony Collette was great. I think the son was great. But Gabriel Byrne, to me, is the best performance in that movie. And it's it's easy to miss because it's not showy. He has the no, least great. showy performance in the movie. But I think he is at 
at, at sort of gradually checking out and, and sort of like being sad about checking out and sort of being sad about knowing that your family has basically crumbled um, and still trying to kind of just business, be business as usual guy. Um, I, I think it's, it's so underrated and I think the work he does is, is fantastic. And um, I think Tony Collette is equally great. She gets like the meat and, and all the stuff to play with. Um, and, and I think so. I think Byrne gets overshadowed. But I think Gabriel Byrne is fantastic in that movie, and I really enjoyed that performance. I did too. Before you need to see it. Oh, maybe but I will. I would. I would say so. I, I, I would say it's 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 worth it's worth watching. I enjoy. It. All right, Foy, we're ending with you. Your number one, sir. The number one movie on my list, not just my. Uh, it it would be the number one movie on all of my lists. And for the record, Feeney had a chance to see this on the big screen. Oh. And, and, and he and he missed out oh, on it Brian because Collins. And he went to the movie with insisted they go see Robin Hood instead. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, you should punch him for that. That was a... oh, Feeney, you knew better. I'm actually not. I'm actually not sad. Hold on, I'm actually not sad about Robin Hood though, just because of the Jamie Dornan stuff, which is almost like I've forgotten everything about that movie. Except that stuff, and that stuff still makes me kind of. I'm just right it's, now, like legitimately. So I, it's hard. It, to, it's hard to be mad about. It, yeah, it's a terrible movie with one of the funniest dumb endings of the year. Unbelievable. <laughs> Where they legitimately try to like make they make they turn the whole movie trying to make Robin Hood into Batman, and then at the end, Jamie Dornan gets half his face burned off and turns into Two Face, setting him up as the villain. <laughs> Yikes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Will Scarlet. Oh, they never call him Will Scarlet. They just call him Will. But now he's got a burnt red face. So it's like, oh, that's how he becomes Will Scarlet. Wait, and what, seriously? And what is his role in the movie? Yes. And yes. What is his, oh, seriously. Wait, wait and, and what is his role in the movie? He's kind of a politician. And his girlfriend is Robin Hood's uh, girlfriend. Guys. Does this sound familiar? Guys, no. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the trailer. You saw the trailers. And, I the, saw. You knew, but at least, it, but 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 it's so incom. Like his his transformation is literally like it, it's at the big ending fight scene, and there's like a riot in the city, and he is about to throw a Molotov cocktail. Jamie Dornan will has a Molotov cocktail. He's about to throw it, and he catches he he glimpses Robin Hood and Maid Marian kissing. And so he, he completely freezes in the moment and somebody comes up behind him. Somebody comes up behind him, hits him in the, hits him in the, and he drops his Molotov cocktail to the ground where it's, where it starts a fire and then he collapses into it. And that's his origin as the, as the villain in the sequel that's never going to happen. Yes. And, and, and then they come to a, yeah. Well, the sheriff. The sheriff of Nottingham is dead. How would you like to be the new sheriff of Nottingham? <laughs> That's <laughs> literally like, the ending. Yeah, the, yeah, it's literally him standing there addressing, dressed outfit as the sheriff of Nottingham, giving an evil address to the minions. All the <laughs> arrow. <laughs> uh, there's been, 
there's been at least two times in the past two weeks where I've had kind of a shitty day, though, and I've thought about that, and it has brought a <laughs> chuckle to my life. So I can't, I can't, I can't say I'm too sorry about it. But boy, without further ado, all of this yeah. is preamble to his best movie of the year, which I do wish I saw. It's it is yes, and most people probably have not. Well, I'm willing to bet almost everyone has not seen it. Holy shit! It's going to yeah. be the Meg, isn't it? No, I, I, the Meg is another one. Uh, look, look, real quick about the Meg. The Meg, is, the Meg is just all right. It's not that good. It's one of those movies like it's not even as bad good as it could have been. It, it's just like it has its moments, but it's still it, it's it's so it's so weird that they made this big screen Meg movie and they instead of making it kind of like darker and scarier and serious, they tried to make it they tried to dumb it down but not quite like sci-fi dumb down and then the asylum who've spent years making dumb shitty shark movies make a knockoff their own mockbuster called megalodon and they try to make a dark serious scary movie figure that one out the world is upside down <laughs> well it's no it's i've seen it it's no deep blue sea but being fair it's no deep blue sea 2 either oh that would be now yeah it's now if if we lived in a world where you were allowed to do worst list since they're now personally <laughs> incorrect because, you know, you know, making fun of a bad movie that's really bad is now basically being, you know, film Twitter regards that like you're punching like a special needs kid or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, don't we don't, made a thought crime for it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, God forbid. Yeah, except, except of course, except of course, when the movie that's really bad, they decide it's really bad, and then they all get on the short bus and start punching Jurassic uh, Kingdom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, Fallen Kingdom. If enough people listen to this podcast, I'd be getting letters over this episode, I know it. No, you wouldn't, because that's really the, that's the truth, they're all full of shit. They're all complete hypocrites when it comes to this whole topic, because they turn on a dime. No, no, no. You can't beat up on that person. You can't make fun of those movies. That's not – you can't do that. Worst lists are terrible. Oh, by the way, Tr Colin Trevorrow's a fucking hack. Fallen Kingdom was terrible. <laughs> now, and, okay, and in the can, I, 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 I fall somewhere in between. Not exactly in between. I'm definitely going to lean more towards one side than the other. But I can I be completely cool with being honest about a movie I dislike and bashing it and – you know, I, no. you know, uh, I can, you know, I uh, cough, stone man cough, but, um, you know, no, bring, you can't no, bring in a full circle, be... but I, uh, you know, there's something about worst lists where I'm just like, I don't even know if it's the idea of being offensive. You know, I, I, you know, dragging a movie's corpse around, uh, in front of everybody, like for, you know, just uh, an extra bit of show is, I, you know I, what I, I just, why not take that? I remember doing worst of lists for dread. And remember Here's thinking I think. that I would much rather do no, I, I think a of top something I, I actually uploaded on the YouTube. It's actually the best of uh, the worst list. No, 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 no. The worst of 1998, uh, Siskel and Ebert. Gene Siskel opens the show basically talking about this is the show we talk about the movies that stole time uh, and, and time from our life that we'll never get back. <laughs> and keep in mind, he was dead three months later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my God. <laughs> You know what? I consider the worst uh, list valid medium as long as you're not like Razzie Award thing where you pick movies that were high uh, profile, not uh, give it to the ones that deserve. I yeah. No, well, I'm with I, you. I mean, look, I I think I to me it all comes down to I just don't I don't understand why why 
why it's it's become like um why 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 people are shunned for doing it because i, I just like I, i'm completely with foy to, to an extent like i probably wouldn't do one because once you have kids you become a lot more guarded with your time like i i i, I hated going to see robin hood i mean i it was fun because i love brian and, and i hadn't seen him in a while um and and we always go see bad movies because just not intentionally just that's always the way it is so it was kind of like okay but but that's like the worst movie i've seen in a, in a long time and it's not that bad it's just i mean it's bad but it's not that bad um but like if you're if you're constantly mining that area that territory and you want to say like hey these movies fucking suck like i just i guess i'm just i don't understand why that has become like why you're a pariah if you do that um yeah yeah i i get that too i i don't i i guess i equally don't understand all of the energy that people are expending like on people who do worst of lists i i i understand that as about as much as I do like people bothering to do them in the first place rather than just talking about more movies that they love. I don't I don't know why it has to be a thing on either side. I uh I personally wouldn't want to do them and I I argued back when I was doing them for Dread. I'm just like, look, can I just you know, if you're going to give me this much space, you know, if I'm, I have to do 5 movies that I loved and 5 movies that I hated, couldn't I just talk about 10 movies that I loved instead, you know? Uh mm-hmm. well, Here, I'm going to say something even more controversial that I put out there. The worst lists are ba- they mean about as much as the best list. <laughs> it doesn't. That's right. Everybody listening, you've wasted three hours of your life. Congratulations. And you probably have spent this whole show going, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. I would have put that one higher. I would have put that one lower. That might have been my best. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and the number. <laughs> the best movie he's, I've seen all he's right. Long. Yeah. yeah. It is 2.0. 2.0? 2.0? I, I, 0, I that... do think it is. I mean, it's. I personally wouldn't do a worst of list. Equally, 2.0. I wouldn't rage on and on and on and on and on about somebody who would do a worst of list. Um. The thing that just drives me up the wall is I have to keep seeing this every fucking year. All year, I would say, I would say, be the smirking assholes. I would say, <laughs> like, I would say this though, like Jinx, like you and I are not, we we are not subjecting ourselves to to the the sheer level of shit. The, this man is ingesting on a regular no, basis. No, we and so I think I so I kind of understand like when you're looking at like I don't know you know website X and they and they have their best movies of the worst movies of the year list and they and and it's arbitrary like I mean they're all, all arbitrary toys right but like when you're putting like you know I don't know any of the movies that we've talked about, about today whether whether you personally agree with them being good or bad or whatnot like when you're putting any of those on a worst list like maybe you do need to reevaluate but like when you're watching what's the movie for elves that you just watched uh uh oh yeah that awful directive video yeah yeah that yeah elves i mean i always looked at it as like uh to me to me i, I like if a guy like foy is gonna fucking spend that much time mining mining the the scraping the bottom of the barrel 
like I see it as a public service announcement to me. Like, 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 tell me Fair. what I what what I should be avoiding at all costs. And and that's not like I mean, and and I mean, like, if somebody wants to fucking bitch about like the Predator being the worst movie of the year, like, I don't really care. But to me, that says like, you know, all right, you're really gonna make an argument that like this. This is an entertaining movie. Um, like you, like if you're putting that in the worst movie of the year, maybe you shouldn't. You know what I mean? So I, I, I kind of see the, see the middle ground here. But I, but, but there are guys like Foy, who, who I want to hear. Well, my thing is, they, I, they are the lock jocks. I, I, I was always look. At, I was watching these movies because I was always look. I, I had two. I had two mentality going in. One, am I going to find a diamond in the rough? Because every so mm-hmm. often that, and then the other mentality is like, okay, if if I'm going to, if this is going to like have wasted my time, have been a complete piece of shit. At very least, I can write an entertaining review. Because yep. God knows, I've lost track of the number of times I've reviewed a movie that had no redeeming value, poking fun and deconstructing the things that it screwed up. And then all of a sudden, I would be inundated with people like, I got to see this. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. And they're like, no, no. Look look at this poor bastard who's hosting this show, what I've already done to him. Yeah, thanks. Yes. Yes, it's, 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 it's my blessing and my curse. I can make the worst shit sound entertaining. And, I, and, and see, I never know what's going to be what. That's the horrible – that's the roll of the dice with you, Foy, is that sometimes – you give me a golden bat. But then sometimes, sometimes I catch a stone man. But again, as I've always said, the stone man, I, I could never, I, I don't defend it from an entertainment standpoint. I defend I, it from a, seriously, you've got to see the staggering level of ineptitude on display here. Because I, to this day, still cannot decide <laughs> if that movie is as bad as it is on purpose or because they just didn't know what the hell they were doing. There, there's moments like, uh, like that, that one moment in the I movie. Think it's both. There's, there's that one moment in the movie where 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 Christopher Atkins and Pat Morita turn around to like <laughs> discuss discuss this where he's been on the map, and the actress who who went out of the shot actually gets up and moves herself a chair over to get back <laughs> into the shot. Just like, is that on purpose or was that like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be in the shot and this idiot with the camera just put it I, I don't know. But anyway, two okay. point, uh, your number one foy. Yes, two, 2.0 is a giant monster sci-fi horror superhero Bollywood movie. <coughs> it, 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 it is a sequel to a movie that came out years ago called Robot. Although you don't have to have seen that one. And in fact, I'm not even that big a fan of that one. It's got some insane moments in it. But it's a more traditional Bollywood movie in the sense that it's three friggin' hours and loaded with musical numbers. <laughs> this does not have musical numbers. It only has one, and it's during the end credits. It, it, to try to explain this movie, it's basically what's going on. It, the movie opens in a very dark manner with a guy walking a walking around a dark countryside surrounded by a flock of sparrows, and then he hangs himself from a cell phone tower while the, <laughs> while the circle around him. And immediately I was like, what the hell is this? And then all over the city in India, cell phones just start flying up into the air. And in some cases, when they, when they, when they come to life and just start flying, they have like, like images of sparrows on them. Like it's a bird on the screen and then it flies off. 
And this eventually leads to a giant monster sparrow made of cell phones that starts attacking the city. There's also, like, people in the government and, and tech people who start getting murdered by their cell phones. Like, one guy, it literally, there's an alien scene where the, the cell phone flies into a guy's mouth and then explodes out of his stomach. There's another scene where a character <laughs> wakes up and he's hearing these weird voices and all of a sudden the entire room lights up. It's all cell phone screens. It's actually really kind of weird. It's one of these movies where everything is like across, like, it's kind of creepy and like, like vampire clay, but even, but better done. But it's kind of creepy and kind of ridiculous. And it ends up being really just imaginative and cool. Because there's another scene where a guy's driving down the road and doesn't even realize it's all cell phones until it turns into a cell phone tsunami. And he runs into the forest and all of a sudden he's hearing voices again. It's, it's his own voice and it's coming from the everything is cell phones. And as we come to, and, and then, and then the things take the superhero turn where they bring back the robot from the first movie. Played this guy who is superstar Rajin, Rajinah. I, I can't get his name correct. He's got one of those Indian names that's impossible, but his, he's actually billed in the credits as superstar Rajinah or whatever it is. <laughs> because, <laughs> yes, yes, because he is the number two movie star in all of that part of the world. He's second only to Jackie Chan in terms of popularity and, and how much he gets paid for movies. And now you have him as this, like, imagine for a second if Iron Man was a middle-aged, bordering on elderly Roy Orbison lookalike in sunglasses and a jumpsuit, <laughs> screwing Inspector Gadget type uh, and Iron Man moves, flying around, shooting guns. Doing, doing, doing all this insane stuff, fighting a giant bird made of cell phones. They try to give you this weird, because I, I think it's because to sell this movie to China, you can't actually like say it's supernatural. So they start coming up with all this scientific mumbo jumbo involving the fifth force, something like that. There's a scene where a guy, now as we all know, this scientist in Russia proved the existence of auras and how far out they extend from the human body. And then he just moves on. And I'm like, no, no, go back to that. I want to hear that. Give me more of that. So, so the robot ends up fighting the, the giant bird and eventually destroys the bird. But when he destroys the bird, it lays an egg made of cell phones. And then the egg, hatch, the egg hatches and out comes one of the coolest looking things I've seen in ages. It's like if the lawnmower man made himself a suit of armor made out of cell phones. It's like the entire, it's like a robotic man, except it's all cell phones, and every image is projecting a piece of what he looks like, right? His face and everything. It's like the old visionaries, if you remember the visionaries uh, toy line from the uh, the uh, the 80s. It's kind of like that. And, and then the movie, at this point, we're only like halfway into the movie, and it pauses for about 20 minutes to give his origin story. Where we find out he's this, uh, ornithologist who as a baby, uh, was apparently his life was saved by a sparrow when it flew in and helped him breathe. Don't ask. It's, it, it the movie has really great special effects, but that baby is not real. That was a very fake looking baby prop. But then he grows up and he's like this guy who loves birds more than he does humans. And then the birds, um, are dying because apparently this is true. In India, they have more cell phone towers than any other country on earth. And they're sometimes using illegal, like, you know, 
they, they got them turned up too high. So now it's starting to kill the birds. They're losing their sense of direction. They're being, so he turns into this psychotic madman who somehow commits suicide and comes back as this supernatural fifth force presence who takes over all the cell phones and starts using them to kill everybody. And then he gets inside the good scientist and starts body jumping. So now, and, and, and it's like, and then, but and then the ending of the movie is he's going to kill every single person inside a soccer stadium by basically reducing them to ash using electricity from cell phone towers through their phones. And, and, and then we have like a giant monster battle again where the bird guy turns into a giant, uh, cell phone bird man and, and our hero somehow ultramans himself with magnets into like made of a trash pile. <laughs> and they have a wrestling match slash martial arts fighter battle. Oh my god. And, yeah, wow. yeah. You, you <laughs> this. It's, it, it's awesome. It's the most visually imaginative thing I've seen in ages. I was literally at times laughing and going, wow, because I could not believe what I was seeing. All right, Foy, I'm giving you five seconds to wrap this one up. You're the one who wanted this under three hours. we got to get there. Well, I've already given up on that fact, so suffer, bitch. Anyway, so well, to answer the question, he uses about a thousand guns. There's a scene where he just has a, if you look at the trailer, you'll even see it. He is just like a, he, he uses his magnet and sucks in every gun in the stadium. And he's just got like a giant line of guns around and they're shooting in every direction. And then the mini chitties all form a giant critter ball of like little chitties with machine guns that are firing in every direction. I don't know how they didn't kill everyone. We've lost. And me. they have. I lost you. I, you lost me 20 minutes ago. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I think I heard yeah. him fall asleep and snore just for a second, like a micro nap. I'm, <laughs> I'm playing with no. I'm playing with my Silent Night Deadly Night Two action figure. Nah. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. I I told you I haven't seen that many true horror movies this year. All I right. Warned. So that was that was 2.0. Where can people watch that? Well, it was in theaters about a month ago, and now it's gone. So I'm sure it'll probably turn up on DVD, Blu-ray, or maybe even Netflix sometime soon. But I highly – it is. It is great. It is. I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely watching it when it comes out. It's like if it's like if and Takeshi Nike made some sort of weird hybrid of a Marvel superhero movie, Black Mirror, and Ultra <laughs> Yikes. All right. So that concludes our top 10 of 2018. Um, Just a couple of seconds here. Feeny, uh, Foy, you said you had barely seen any at all, so I I guess this question is mostly going to Feeny and myself. Any runners-up? Any movies that you wanted to throw out there that didn't quite make your top 10 but you think people should still check out? Not movie-wise, but uh, I I really liked The uh, Haunting of Hill House. Okay. I have not seen it yet. I feel bad. Yeah, it's good. I want to see it. I like Flanagan's stuff, so. Yeah, you'll like it. Very cool. I still want to see uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, too. That, I, I I don't know. I've got no childhood nostalgia for that one. Oh, neither do so. I. I never watched the, an episode of it. Uh, I love the comic, though. I don't know. The comic is really dark and disturbing and kind of creepy, and uh, I don't know. I don't really get that vibe from the TV show, even though it's apparently based on it, but... I don't know. I've got to sit down and start right. catching up on Netflix stuff at some point. Um, did either of you see Searching? Oh, I missed that. 
down. When did, when did Archie sub? Is what I've never understood. What's that? It's like, when did Archie Comics suddenly become this huge thing just out of nowhere? It's so weird. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I it happened in the comics a couple of years ago with uh, oh Afterlife with Archie and then Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Now they're doing Jughead the Hunger and Vampironica. They have this whole line of uh, darker horror comics well, and they, um, they even did Archie versus Freddy. Archie yeah. versus Tomatoes. <laughs> All right, so I would say, okay, so Haunting of Hill House, I would say Searching, while not horror, it's definitely a pretty tense thriller and is well worth watching. Uh, I think it's better than either of the Unfriended movies. Um, although I did kind of like Unfriended Dark Web. Uh, the Lodgers is pretty that great, if you guys see. didn't see that. Uh, Insidious I War. guess I missed a lot more than I thought I did. I would throw out there, Insidious 4 was fun, I thought. Ghost Stories. Uh, actually, that might be about it. All right, I feel like this discussion has been right. out. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen Aquaman yet? No. <laughs> Nicole Kidman fights dudes in it. I'm buying 16 tickets. I am watching it Thursday evening. I am praying for the best. Um... Boy, don't you get me any shit for liking Justice League again. Oh, boy. Uh, he would give you more shit over that than I would. I enjoyed Justice League. Damn it. Release the Snyder Cut. Oh, God, no. Feeny. Okay, you know what? On that note, we're ending this damn thing. I'm, I refuse to subject audiences to that kind of discussion. All right. I think that's just about our time. Guys, thank you so much for your time and for coming on the chat. Uh, where can folks find you at online, and what can we keep an eye out for from you in the future? Oh, boy. I don't know. I have a lot of things coming out in 2019. I just don't know when. Find me on Twitter. Matt Feeney. <laughs> boy, how about you? I'm Boy Wonder. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube and Every so often I write something for this brainwaves talk thing, whatever the hell that is. Uh, that's really about it. All right. Thanks again. And thanks to all you listeners out there. As always, please make certain to like, subscribe, share. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. That's at Screamatics and I'm at Jinx. What the hell is happening in the background there? I'm, I'm mailing a package. Oh, my I'm God. Are you guys package. really sort of multitasking while podcasting? At this I point, I am. Because it's gone on for fucking three and a half hours. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Until next time, which will possibly be our last. Folks, thanks so much and have a great weekend.